pints and I was just like oh my god am I going to have to phone people (laughs) (laughs) am I going to have to call a stranger and introduce myself and you know I I just it sounds so terrifying to me like I can't think of anything worse Mm. Um, so yeah I just sort of started thinking about it and then I thought who did you know does everyone really do that like all the people I know who work in illustration are really like quiet and and well not quiet per se but quite socially awkward <laughs> quite yeah. a lot of the time yeah. a lot of introverts yeah yeah definitely introverted yeah so I was a bit uh, I don't know I just I just couldn't imagine that everyone does that so I just thought I'd reach out and see see how many people actually do that and quite a few people do but it was also quite reassuring to see that a lot of people don't and they're still really successful Hello and welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Tal and this is a creative innovation podcast and the weather this week is an awkward phone call that you wish you'd never made. (laughs) How are you doing? Welcome, thank you for listening. Uh, Big episode coming up to sign off for the foreseeable future. I'm going to take a little break from this thing as I mentioned on previous episodes and I am honoured to be joined by Dion Kitchen, uh, illustrator who's not been going too long and was the perfect person to sit down and talk through self-promotion, that big unwieldy beast. Hot off the heels of the very popular Pricing Creativity episode, I thought it would be cool to follow that model and try and cover another behemoth issue that we all have to deal with, us archetypes who like to create and uh, sometimes struggle with the promo. So we are going to get deep into that. It's kind of an informal fun conversation, talking through the many ifs, the hows, the whys, the methods of self-promotion, how it feels for certain character types, all that kind of stuff. But first of all, I'm going to thank the sponsors. Um, Illustrationweb.com, fantastic illustration animation agency dealing with a whole raft of clients globally they've got offices all over the world many many different clients some great projects some fantastic stuff going on go and check out their new section uh, illustrationweb.com covering great projects getting a little bit deeper inside with the clients with the the briefs the story behind each of these projects it's good insights if you're thinking about representation yourself it's interesting for triggering ideas ways of doing things ways of treating certain briefs so go and check them out illustrationweb.com founding sponsor been here since day dot big thank you to those guys and the association of illustrators the fantastic organization helping the illustration industry top to bottom contractual advice events business masterclasses as part of their wonderful business empowerment campaign go and check them out theaoi.com fantastic organization so like i mentioned i'm going to be taking a break from the podcast for a little while probably just a few months to be quite honest maybe a little longer who knows some big events in life coming up Uh, i'm not going to go into detail there it's all positive stuff but it means i just want to focus on being an illustrator what i started out as for a little while it's always been my main game but i want to give it the full-time love for a little while so i'm going to take a step back from the podcast because Truth is, I've been overloading this thing. I've been spitting out the episodes like nobody's business, and I'm sure that even the most loyal, regular listeners are struggling to keep up a little bit. So hopefully it'll be a nice little opportunity for you guys to digest what's been put out there. Over 145 episodes, going strong. All sorts of legends, new starters, projects, organisations, creative agencies giving their worldly advice. So go back and dig into the archive in the time being. There's plenty of other cool podcasts out there to keep you going too. And it is going to return. It's just going to be a little less often. And, you know, this kind of less is more feel. Make them count. Bigger episodes. 
But on that basis, I just want to thank the people who've supported the podcast since the start of this thing, the other sponsors who are no longer around for various reasons. Maybe they just had a limited run. Maybe they felt their time was done. But they've all been absolutely crucial to the health of this show. So a quick thank you to Foilco, to Hat, Internet and Printed.com. Um, and also DNAD have been a wonderful help throughout this thing. And like I said, it's not going anywhere, so this isn't a big sign-off. But I always wanted to kind of reflect on the first phase of what this has been, which has been almost four years of exploring the minds of people who are doing interesting things, fascinating humans in the creative industry who can help us all out with tips, with war stories, with just thoughts, whatever else it might be. I've had an absolute blast doing this. I've learned incredible amounts along the way and I hope you guys have had some fun doing the same. Um, and that's enough of the business. So how have you been? What have you been up to? Um, cheers for the recent tags, the, the tweets. It's all great to hear from you guys. The Instagram comments. Keep them coming. Like I say, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm only going to be over the way illustrating. So hit me up at Ben Talon or at Arrest All My Mix on social. Particularly want to hear feedback on this episode on self-promotion. So why? That was the question. This kicked off when Dion Kitchen, who um, I'd been in contact with through social media like we do, you know, you like an illustrator, you post a comment or whatever it might be and you start this little social media relationship. Well, that's what happened between Dion and I and she's doing some fantastic work. Uh, really, really cool style. Go and check out her, her work. Uh, URL will be in the show notes for her website. Oh, it's easy enough to search, look her up. But Dion posted a question and it was all about self-promotion, basically, and how do you get in contact with the art directors you want to contact and how do you get your stuff out there? And it was... I don't know if the terms went viral, but it was a big topic on Twitter. This conversation went on, people diving in with their thoughts on you know, using the phone to contact somebody or whether they go via email, whether they blanket their emails, whether they go personal, all of that stuff. And I thought, oh, actually, that's a really cool angle for an episode. So I got in touch with Dion and she was well up for being on the show. So it's quite a long one and we get deep into it, but we look at such things like personality as a key factor in the in the methods that you use to promote your work. We talk about what it actually is, self-promotion, which is essentially going, I'm, I, I'm here, <laughs> look, I'm doing this stuff, this is what I want to do for a living, come and use me, this is what I offer. Um, and it doesn't come very easily to us. I think there's a lot of introverts in this you know, creative industry, it's what makes us good at this work. We're, we're procrastinators, self-doubters. Um, a lot of us confess to having had imposter syndrome, still have imposter syndrome in some instances. And it's therefore it's not the easiest thing to do to go and scream from the rooftops about what you do. That also differs between countries. I had my book translated into Japanese, Champagne and Wax Crayons, and I got to go out there and do a little mini book tour. And the nice upside to that was I got to go and talk to lots of different freelancers from Japan. And it's quite a cultural thing to be very respectful and, and a little more, a little less... You know, people people are a bit apprehensive about shouting about themselves and they felt like some of the stories that I wrote about in the book about being really quite bullish and, and you know, stepping on toes and that kind of thing didn't come naturally to them. And I think a lot of introverts will relate to that sentiment. So it's something that you, you really do have to apply that key factor of personality to, to any of this discussion. So, you know, for some people, picking up a phone is, is key because you get a little bit more personal dialogue but for others they might wilt at the idea of intruding on someone's day and by the same token you know there might be art directors out there who love a phone call it cuts out a lot of bullshit at the back and forth email tennis but there'll be others no doubt who get pissed off when you when you call them up in the middle of a day when they're maybe they've got their flow going on and suddenly they get a phone call from some timid illustrator and it's the last thing they want so we're going to get into all that stuff we're going to look at the many methods 
of uh, self-promotion. I wrote a few down just to get started, which, you know, you've got to cover email, phone calls, direct mail, um, be that personal or blanket in those emails, you know, because I've done both. I've done the kind of big mail shots where you hit nearly a thousand people in one go. But invariably you miss out on a little bit of that personal tone or maybe that relationship you've developed where you're going to ask how somebody's kids are, how their football team's getting on, whatever it might be that you've developed in a kind of rapport. Um, you get that, but you don't get the numbers from the personal stuff. So again, it's that dichotomy. It's how far do you push that balance and which one do you personally favour? Uh, personal work, I would see that as a massively important way of, of um, exclaiming what I want to do, what I want to work on, the things that I'm interested in. And the, this does open a lot of doors. And once again, it's, you know, not everyone has the time to do this stuff. We've all got different circumstances going on, but I think there are ways of threading in just little bits of yourself in there, of personalising that stuff and doing a project that maybe could have only come from you. I remember looking back um, on some of the episodes, actually, that I've done to this point, and one of my favourites was Lisa Maltby, a Sheffield-based designer and illustrator, and she'd somehow come across a, a variety of either rude people, straight-up assholes, people who just hadn't thought about what they were saying, but for whatever reason, she'd received all these insults, um, off-handed comments, things that had upset her or, or you know, pissed her off in some way. And rather brilliantly, she flipped that on its head and turned it into a series of illustrated typographic pieces, and I thought that was wonderful, and they were very, very funny. And we got talking about that. We, I think we'd already had a dialogue going on, but that was the catalyst for doing an episode on his podcast and shouting about that. Um, in my own circumstances, I created this weird versus series pitting like unlikely political figures against one another. Not just political, people from all walks of life, but known personalities. So I had Mike Tyson versus Maggie Thatcher in like a first blood death match, which had started with myself versus Danny Ellison when we were sharing a studio together. Something that had come from no other motivation than making him laugh across that partition wall. But it took on this momentum, and it got picked up by Computer Arts Magazine and featured it. Um, which is another form of self-promotion press. And they featured it in their press, and off the back of that, a Channel 4 director saw the work, absolutely found that the Tyson versus Thatcher hilarious, couldn't stop thinking about the piece he told me when we first met for a beer. And off the back of that, commissioned me for an animated uh, TV trailer for Skins on E4. So again, these unpredictable, unplanned, um, unfathomable ways of getting work, that's the importance of just doing stuff for you and for no other reason than, than for artistic exploration and personal you know, love of something or interest. So like I mentioned, press is another thing. There are a lot of cool blogs out there, the likes of Creative Boom, Creative Block, Computer Arts, Creative Review. Hit them up. They're looking for content. Um, you know, we all have that imposter syndrome thing going on, but just because something's weird and personal doesn't make it invalid. In fact, it's quite the opposite. In my 10-year experience, it's very, very... It's gold. It's really, really crucial. So get that stuff to the blogs. Hit them up, submit things. You never know, because those articles can get great tra traction. Exhibitions, collaborations, two other big ones. Um, I had a recent job off the back of an exhibition I did in London where I had to invest some of my own money. Um, you know, felt scary to do that at the time. And you don't always get the immediate results, but you do plant seeds and you do meet people. And we had art directors popping in from Covent Garden, from all over London, from Soho, which was really, really cool. And fortunately, within a few months, there was, there was a job that came out of it and it's kind of cleared that debt and set me in profit. So exciting times. Um, what else we got? What else we got? Social media, of course, massive one these days. Personally, I feel there's a little too much currency put in social media when it comes to getting work. I'm always a big one for the direct relationship, for the for the personal touch, and I don't think you can always get that through social. 
Um, ben Rothery commented recently, and he was a little upset with this kind of spate. We've both been tagged in these emails, and thank you to the people who had tagged us, you know, to kind of go, look, these guys fit the bill. But that was off the back of art directors going on Twitter and going, hey, guys, looking for an illustrator for a project, hit me up. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. Is your job not to know the illustrators or to go out and actively seek the right illustrator for that project? So we felt a little bit cold on that, but then there were other people who didn't feel so bad about it and thought it was just another avenue for getting work. So there is that. Um, you know, again, it's just another extension. I always see it as a as a support network, something where we can share things off the back of the work that we're creating, off the relationships that we're creating. It shouldn't be the primary channel, in my opinion. But for others, again, I'm sure there's plenty of arguments. And I'm sure there's others who found that, and that's why I'm doing this episode because I want to hear all those opinions and different experiences. Um, agents, of course, some people have got agency representation, and that is a big uh, leg up. It's a big help to have those guys out there promoting your work. There are good agents and bad agents, and I'm sure we'll get to that on a future episode. But uh, I classified that as outside help. Uh, There's networking. Uh, Massive, absolutely massive one for me. Go out there. You know, get off the computer, get out to events. Things like Glug in London, Manchester, Europe, they're all over the place now. Petra Kucha events. These are fun nights where the beers are flowing and people just, t- you know, you don't even have to say a word. You can turn up, be at the back of a room and just listen to great talks and be around interesting people. I think it's good for lifting the spirits in a more secondary way as well. But I've met so many people and started collaborations and picked up work off going to things like that. Yo Hello in London is another fantastic one run by uh, Willa Gebby. And again, if you're in London, get down to it. Go down. You don't have to be loud or shouty to go to these things. Just turn up, say hello, sit down on a group of people, go and see a talk. You'd be surprised who you pick up through these things. Um, personal visits. This is one I've always put, uh, again, a huge currency in. in the, particularly in the early days of my career, it was really important for me to kind of knock on doors and try and get a couple of coffees. And you rarely get more than five minutes because art directors are busy people. But I find that that face-to-face time that you get is, you know, you build relationships for life from that. And it might be that you go there and you don't see anything in the first instance. But I've had jobs four years after a meeting, you know. It's not ideal. Again, we've got bills to pay in between those four years. But I've had regular work that's only kicked off four years after I've gone to a meeting. So you really do have to kind of play the long game with it. Whoa, that's a, it's a long full. But I think that's, you know, I think I've covered most of the key pillars there. I'm sure someone will come back at me and, and come up with something that I've completely overlooked. Please do. That's why I do this. I want the feedback at a rest on the mix. Um, but I felt Dion Kitchen was absolutely perfect for this because she's relatively new to the industry, been going a couple of years now and still learning very much. And that's why she asked that question, because she wanted some opinions and some uh, some feedback, and some thoughts. So I think there's a dynamic on this where I've got 10 years experience and Dion is, is starting out that, that I thought would be fun to do an episode with. I could have pushed it further and got somebody with a lot more experience on, maybe to do like a three-way thing, but I hope you like the two-way format on this one. If you want a little bit more experience, Rod Hunt came on the show as a fantastic guest on episode 26, so go back into the archive and listen to that. And Rod gets deep into why he spends quite a lot of the money he makes reinvesting it into self-promotion, onto physical print promotion, and how you get 100% open rate from sending something in the mail. Really interesting thoughts there from someone with a lot more experience than myself. Um, and you can do no wrong listening to Rod. He's a real passionate supporter of the illustration industry and former chair of the AOI, so go back and check that one out. So, cheers for the, the support on the recent episodes. Uh, Cam and Miss of Playground Design was a great episode looking at the balance between playfulness and pragmatism. Uh, Kev House talking about managing the inner voice that we all have in our heads, more of a psychology-based episode. Uh, video game illustrator and art director Anna Hollinrake interviewed her live at DNAD New Blood Festival. You can go and check that out. 
uh, and fantastic digital illustrator Dominique Byron. So they're the recent episodes. Cheers for the love on that. And like I said, a little break coming up after this episode. Don't know how long, a few months, maybe a bit longer. So go and enjoy all those previous episodes whilst I'm going to be away. Big thank you to anyone who supported this show. It's, the list is too long. You all know you are. There's people who have regular dialogue with, regular listeners. Um, certainly worthy of a mention, Harry Lyon-Smith, who's the MD of Illustration Limited. He was the one who suggested this thing to me and took a big, big leap of faith by supporting me in doing it. So big thank you, Harry, for doing that. Uh, a little thanks to David Cullen, who gave me the tips on what kit I should be buying, what I should be using to interview for a person who's got zero broadcasting experience and zero experience with the technical side of this thing. So cheers to everyone who's been involved in any way, from guests to listeners to supporters and the rest of it. Uh, it means a lot. I love doing this thing. It's not going anywhere. Just a little break for a while. And without further ado, let's get to it. Dion Kitchen, we're talking self-promotion. Where are you from originally? Um, that's quite a long story, actually. So I was... I mean, I was born in Cumbria, um, but I grew up in the Netherlands and then moved back to England and lived in Milton Keynes for a little bit, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and then I moved to Berlin and then back to London and then sort of been in and out of London nice. ever since then. Yeah. So officially English, but spent a lot of time growing up in Europe. Oh, that's cool. Else. Must have quite a nice range of influences and yeah, I guess, inspirations. Definitely. Yeah, that's I love um, what I've seen of Germany. I really liked so far. I'd like to see more of it and travel around a bit more. And I'd like to spend more time in Berlin. I've been a handful of times, but always for things or in and out or passing through. And, and I always get a little taste of it and love it. And then I have to leave. So yeah, like Berlin's to... amazing for like um, there's just so it's like a big melting pot of just creatives like on all levels. Like some people are sort of doing it for a career, and then there's just a lot of people who just sort of exist. <laughs> and they're just doing all this mad creative stuff and also price wise it's actually somewhere where you can afford it's the only place I've been able to afford to have a studio oh really yeah which was really nice that must be really cool to have a studio in a place like that yeah 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 it was really good so it was like a um, a workspace and uh, it was a workspace screen print studio and also a photography oh. studio which was great like just to have access to all that stuff that's awesome and yeah. a lot of the people there yeah, the weather's... I think they've expanded since I left, but, um, but yeah, I think there's, there was, like, 50 members. There was always people around. There was illustrators, there was photographers, there was graphic designers, there was some people just taught screen printing. Like, it was nice yeah. to have that big mix. And I kind of miss that in London, because I don't think I'll ever be able to afford a studio. In no. No, well, that's, that's it's a common it's a common thing, and I think it's a real shame. You know, I think London's... A big part of its appeal is like the culture and the mm. creativity that is, you know, coming out of the UK, and it's kind of under threat because of. I don't. I don't know. That's what I felt. Anyway. I felt like it was very hard to sustain a studio and live here, yeah. and not be under immense pressure. You know. Yeah. So I think it's something that's very overlooked and needs addressing, really, because there's a lot of people dispersing at the moment, going up north or, or to Europe or wherever. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, maybe it's a good thing though. <laughs> maybe. Because maybe, yeah. a lot of people tend to go back to sort of where they came from originally. And I think historically those cities have lost out because all the creatives will move to London. So, yeah, that's true. Redress the balance. Silver linings, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about your background? I'm interested in um, like childhood and uh, were you a creative kid? What, what's the family itself? I think I've always been quite creative. I think I've always liked drawing. 
um, my parents aren't particularly creative. Uh, I think when I first told them that I was going to uni to do illustration, they didn't really know what it was and they thought it was sort of like technical illustration, like <laughs> doing instruction manuals or something like that. I'm not sure they knew what I was talking about. Um, but they've always been really supportive. Um, yeah, I think there wasn't really anything particularly special about my creativity when I was a kid. I think no. I just liked drawing like all kids. Yeah. It wasn't until I was about... I was probably about 18 or 19 that I realised illustration was a job and then sort of thought, oh, I could actually could actually do something fun. That would be good. I think it's the case for, <laughs> for a lot of people. Yeah. I'm quite shocked if I sometimes get emails off A-level students asking, or even GCSE, asking for advice, and I'm like... How are you that far ahead of where I was? That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was when when I finished my um, because I, I wasn't allowed to do. They wouldn't let me do art A level at school, um, because I only got a C in my GCSE and they wanted me to have a B. So, so I just took some other random subjects that I didn't really like and then failed them all, um, and then went to college to do an art and design B tech. Mm. And then once I finished that, I kept telling my teacher, like, oh, I don't, don't want to go to uni, don't want to go to uni. And then about a day before the UCAS deadline, I was like, ah, oh, actually, I'm going to go to you. <laughs> <laughs> I did that, but not as extreme, not as knife edge as that. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, my tutor was fuming. She was like, well, she was, she was asking what I was going to do. And she sort of organised this last minute meeting to try and help me get a portfolio together. And she was like, what are you going to apply for? And I was like, oh, I don't know, fine art. And she was like, why? Don't do fine art. <laughs> <laughs> so she she was actually the person who was who told me that I could go to uni and do illustration and then I thought okay well that that sounds great so I just picked a uni in London and applied and then went yeah. to it <laughs> but as soon as I got there I realised I made the right decision yeah it was it was a nice nice feeling mm. yeah it's good in it yeah it's it's uh, I don't know I don't know if there ever was a particular time I, uh, yeah maybe the same thing maybe when I went to university and and finally knew what illustration actually was. Um, and thought oh, this is nice I like the idea of this I like these illustrations in newspapers I'd like to do that yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> it's about as far as the planning got really I was just like I don't know what else I'll be doing so I'll just ride this as long as I can That's that's been the last 10 years of my life pretty much <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're all nomads to a degree aren't we it's like <laughs> yeah. yeah you see it's tricky and, the, and you're at the stage now where getting started would that be fair yeah I think I haven't been taking it too seriously up until now I think I spent a lot of time making doing screen prints and selling those and just sort of finding my place and finding my style and mm-hmm. um, and I think now I'm taking it a bit more seriously as a business I've been working on a lot of self-promotion stuff I've got I've joined the Prince's Trust as uh, so they do like an online uh, business course I guess and you can get a business tutor and things like that with them so I'm doing that at the moment so I'm learning a lot about how to run a business which like you know they don't teach enough at uni I don't think no I think you're right yeah I think how are you finding that you got it does that feel like a good step to have taken yeah yeah it's it's actually all really boring <laughs> um, but it's it really makes it feel more like I'm actually doing something and it feels it makes me feel more like I'm making progress and it's actually calmed me down a lot and made me realise that it you can make a decent living. With illustration, you just have to you have to have a plan and you have to know what what you're doing and and why you're doing it. And 
and plan your time, I guess. Um, so that's like, it's helped my confidence a lot. And then I think that's also freed up the time that I do spend drawing because mm-hmm. I'm feeling less stressed about about all the other stuff I have to do, really. Just having a plan really, really helps. I'm glad you said that just because you know, I've never, I got the same reaction as any other creative would when I got put on this business mentorship scheme. I think I say I got put on it, I applied and got it and then managed to get grants so I could buy a laptop after university, which was a huge yeah. stepping stone. But, you know, someone says business planning, your heart sinks a little bit. Yeah. It feels all very formal. And we are, yeah, we always want to pet and draw and be creative because that's the stereotype. But actually, I felt really, really exactly what you've said there. I felt the same way. Like, I went through this thing and, and I, you know, all of a sudden people are asking questions that are quite tricky to answer but really make you think about the inner workings of it and where you're taking it and why yeah. and who it's for. And actually, when you when you answer those questions, it just enlightens you a little bit, I think. And yeah, makes you think, well, actually... I'm not different to any other self-employed businessman, you know, yeah. business business person. It's like I'm not different to a Sparky or a whatever a PT. You know, it's just um, I just need to know why people would want to come to me and how I can make that the, the, the most interesting way of selling it to them. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I think it's good as well to sometimes just put your once you put it all down on paper, like you realise you you've known all along that you're quite qualified and and like qualified to do this job, but I think. I think it really helps with imposter syndrome, like if you actually sit down and then just write everything. I don't know, it just helps sort of put your, put your thoughts in place and then you sort of, you know exactly where you stand and you know exactly what you should be doing. It just, just clears everything up a yeah. bit. So you're not as sort of chaotic and panicked all the time. Well, there's, there's so much chaos and so many variables in the very nature of creativity and what we do as an industry that any kind of anchor points to make feel like there are some certainties is really valuable for probably for mental health really in a lot of yeah. ways I think you yeah know. I think I struggled a lot with this sort of your whole life you there's there's this set defined path of like you go to school you do your homework you pass your exams you go to college or A levels you go to uni you do all this stuff and then depending you know if you have a certain type of career then after that you there's still this set path of like you write a CV, you apply for a job, you get an interview, you get the job, you do the things you're told. But when you're doing freelance stuff, it's like, okay, well, I've gone to uni and then you stop and then and then no one tells you what to do next. Yeah. And that's quite, it's, it's really overwhelming. So yeah, when you do have that opportunity to just sit down and write down exactly what you need to do and what you want to do, it, it just yeah. it helps so it's much. Therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's therapeutic. And it's quite, actually, you're right, because it's a way that, one thing I realised when I was doing mine, and, and uh, it's kind of unignorable at that stage when you formalise it, is that you aren't, you're not just someone who draws when you're asked to draw, which is what you kind of a lot of people think of when you say a freelance illustrator, but in fact you're, you're marketing, you're, you're the manager, you're the owner, you're, you're everything, you're the mailing person, whatever, like whatever yeah. role would be in a company, <laughs> you're that, and that's the truth, and it's like you have to be pretty good at all of it for it to be like sustainable I suppose you know yeah because I mean I guess you know that's why we're going to talk about self-promotion today because it's so that's in that in itself is so multifaceted and there are so many ways to approach it and to get it right and wrong you know so it's people underestimate that and think oh I just draw some pretty pictures like yeah right because I'm just going to sit at home and draw and it's going to set me up for however long my career is going to be it doesn't work like that But it is really, yeah, you, the good thing about that kind of thing is that you've, you're getting someone from outside of our industry who can look in and help you to see it in different yeah, ways. Yeah, so it's, it's quite funny, actually, because the, the 
the business advisor that I've been matched with, I think the way they do it, I think it's just pretty random unless you unless you specifically request someone. Um, but so I've been matched with this guy who he lives in Edinburgh and he's a banker and just knows absolutely nothing about like creative stuff and <laughs> but but that's that's really refreshing so because then I have to sit and really think about what it is I do and I have to like explain it to him from the bottom up and say like okay so this is how licensing works this is how the contracts works how copyright works and it's made me like actually have to sit back and think about all that stuff mm. because I think I really underestimated the value of like copyright and licensing and that kind of stuff like when I've done freelance work in the past I've just been quite accepting of any kind of terms that I'm sent by clients and I'll just go yeah yeah I'll take it because I don't want to say no I don't want to don't want to chase them away so mm-hmm. put up with a lot of really dodgy contracts and a lot of really badly paid jobs um and since I joined the AOI last year and since joining them and chatting with other illustrators and sort of building your confidence a bit more and figuring out where you stand, I think standing up for yourself is also like just one of those big parts of it. Like once you, you once you write it down, you know, you know all this stuff, but once you actually write it down and you talk to people about it, you're like, oh my God, I need to stop taking these jobs because yeah. it's just not helping anyone. It's yeah. not helping me because then I just end up stuck with those jobs. That's it, yeah, and, and you're always sometimes in those positions where you know, we all need that to make that next month's rent, so you, you sometimes compromise, but then invariably halfway through the job you feel a real disdain for yourself, the client, the, yeah. the everyone involved, really, and it's quite, it can be a negative thing, you know, in the end. Yeah, so definitely. It's tricky, but yeah, that's, that's maybe there's a good exercise in that, in, in actually having to break down all of what you do to someone who has no idea. Even, even if you make that person up and it's a cardboard cutout, it's like <laughs> the idea of, of having to give it to someone in layman's terms and explain it all clearly could supposed to be really helpful for yourself and a real reminder. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because I've been writing this business plan and I, I'm 99% sure no one will ever read it because I'm not... I don't need to send it to anyone. Like You don't, you don't go around emailing your business plan to clients. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just as an exercise for myself, I think it's been it's been really helpful. Yeah, I would recommend it to, to anyone, to be honest. I think yeah. it's a really good thing. So, to actual self-promotion, I've got done some, I've done my research for this. <laughs> Mainly from your thread, that was really good, that's why I wanted to yeah. do this, because you, to, just to, for the listeners, you, you essentially put out a tweet asking how people approach art directors, I mean, you know, what methods and kind of thing, and it kicked off quite a bit, didn't it? There was a quite a nice conversation going on there with various people's yeah yeah I think people don't talk about this kind of stuff enough mm. i think I think it's quite funny because <laughs> because that whole act that whole sort of exercise of putting it online and asking other people for their advice and for their help is is still like a part of the plan that I'd made for self promotion anyway I was just looking at like mm. social media and just being like, how can I use social media to my advantage more and I thought you know Twitter's this big community of creatives and everyone's always really open and helpful on it and I just feel like if you can open up a conversation on there especially about you know how to be an illustrator the kind of stuff that people don't talk about what jobs they have Mm. on the side you know all this kind of stuff then you can start this conversation it gets everyone involved you're already automatically elevated because then you're more included you know you come up more in people's in people's feeds and that kind of stuff you've got to play the algorithm I guess but, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then yeah it became really meta and then the whole thing became about 
self-promotion but there was so many good tips on it as well from like you know from yourself from really experienced illustrators like photographers got involved like there was a few I think art directors on there yeah, as well yeah designers too commissioned illustration which is all yeah, really valuable yeah it's all really all really helpful stuff um so yeah I've, I've already taken quite a few of those things on board I think yeah but the the, the most sort of contended one I think is the idea of calling people that was that was really interesting <laughs> wasn't it phone calls. and you almost got some kind of passive this disagreements because you could tell that some people were more of it but I didn't want to quite commit yeah yeah but it's I mean we'll, we'll get to this sort of I've kind of categorized some of the the key methods of self-promotion but I mean just self-promotion itself I was thinking about this on the way here like what is it it's fundamental like I guess it's it's expressing I guess it's informing people what you're trying to what you what you provide and why it might be beneficial to them. Would is that would you agree with that? Or have you got what's your how do you see it? Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Basically, it's just showing people what you're about and what it is you're doing. Um, yeah, I guess I haven't really thought about what what it really is. But yeah, it's just it's just sort of going, hey, look at me. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you're doing something which which can be useful to people and 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 if it's not then then you know you can change that it's not like so it's not like yeah. a sort of luck thing like you can think in your head like okay these are the people I want to work for so this is the kind of yeah. work I'm going to target them but um but yeah it's just sort of going hi look at me because <laughs> yeah and, and again what comes what tends to what makes it really difficult in our, in our industry is again creativity is this big amorphous thing that's not there's no real certainties there's no there are very few definitive points to it and I think that a lot of businesses have a, a product or a very definitive service that can be priced at a certain point come in a, a, a limited number of ways whereas what we do it's ideas based it's about you know personal passions and it can and you have certain moods within your work all of these things are really varied and wide so once yeah. again there are so many ways you can package that out, I think but there isn't that core thing to sell which makes it difficult because it's like well how do I how do I market that how do I, how do I present that to somebody else yeah. and then you, you're presenting it to an, another infinite amount of people whose things are not certain so it's like it becomes this <laughs> very difficult thing to do which once again I always think comes it, therefore what more do we have to come back on than our characters? Yeah. And what's what gets us going or what is the best reflection of that artistic style? You know, it's like, how do I reflect that in the manner I'm approaching people or the yeah. method in which I'm putting that down on paper or in, in an email or over a phone call? It's like, again, it's trying to get to the, the crux of who you are and where you want to go. Yeah, yeah. I think a, a thing that has helped me as well is looking, yeah, looking at the things that I'm into that are not illustration and like you know when you're trying to sort of target your work towards certain people then I'm sort of going okay what kind of thing do I like you know what kind of thing can I get involved in I know a lot about craft beer Mm -hmm. so you know I can target the craft beer magazines and like you know maybe target the breweries you know a lot of them use illustration that kind of thing or I'm really into cycling so you know I draw a lot of stuff about bikes I can target those kind of magazines and stuff and then when you're doing your self-promotion like it just feels so much more natural because it's just who you are and you're just yeah, you're yeah. just talking about the stuff that you love and it doesn't feel as forced like, yeah, yeah 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 you almost feel like you could stand behind that and someone picked up the phone to you in 10 seconds time you're not going to be found out it's like well I can, yeah. I can <laughs> engage them on that 
topic for yeah. and hopefully sound quite inspiring doing it you know yeah exactly so what have you said today like at the point that you put this tweet out was it was that the sort of cry for help tweet or was it just a, a curiosity tweet where where were you uh, in terms of your own promotion uh, it was more of curiosity to be honest I think I was trying to figure out like because I up until this point I've been doing a lot of sort of keeping spreadsheets of all the people that I want to contact and this kind of stuff. So I was getting to the point where I'm starting to send out mail outs and emails and this kind of stuff. And then like, it's kind of off the back of reading your book actually, <laughs> where you talk about um, like, like calling potential clients. And I was just like, oh my God, am I gonna have to phone people? <laughs> like, am I gonna have to call a stranger and introduce myself? And you know, I, I just, it sounds so terrifying to me, like, I can't think of anything like mm. Um So, yeah, I just sort of started thinking about it, and then I thought, oh, who, did, you know, does everyone really do that? Like, all the people I know who work in illustration are really, like, quiet and, and well, not quiet per se, but quite socially awkward <laughs> quite yeah. a lot of the time, yeah. A lot of introverts. Yeah, yeah, definitely introverted, yeah. So, I was a bit... I don't know. I just I just couldn't imagine that everyone does that. So I just thought I'd reach out and see, see how many people actually do that. And quite a few people do, but it was also quite reassuring to see that a lot of people don't, and they're still really successful. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I will in the future, but I think for now, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna stick to what I'm comfortable with. And well, I mean, just in my, to in terms of the phone stuff. That was a very much an early, a fledgling step, that's what I did early on. And, yeah. and actually, I was, I was uncomfortable as the next person in doing so, and yeah. felt that a lot of the responses were as uncomfortable as the next art director too, in terms of <laughs> rushed, busy people having to then pick up the phone. And that was an overriding thread that came through from your from your tweet, was that yeah. it could be quite intrusive, or it feels like a cold call, which that essentially... That was my concern, yeah. It is, I mean, and, and actually over time, it, it's kind of become... A more of a follow-up for me or a way to crystallise the relationship yeah. be that I've had a query on the job for example and the person's asking for ideas on email so then rather rather than then going back with a load of bullet points or sketches me personally I then find it easier to go well have you got five minutes for us to jump on the phone and bypass all of that back and forth on the email yeah. and we'll just talk through it and at that point then I'm really comfortable in talking to someone on the phone once yeah, I know got, they're interested you've got a bit more of a purpose and you've got a sort of yeah. in a hook whereas I think unsolicited phone calls, I think, I can, I just can't imagine having the, the guts it's to do it. Tough. To <laughs> I mean, and I can't do it anymore, I haven't done it for a long time, but even then, I just, I think I wrote in that thing saying, I was painfully aware of my Yorkshire accent, and yeah. all these southern, and to me, always, for whatever reason, maybe it's a social conditioning, but it just sounded more intelligent than my accent when they picked up the phone, therefore I was like immediately intimidated by this southern person in an important role that I'm trying to get to. Yeah, and I'd be stuttering and going, but illustrate Ben Talent, like kind of almost spewing this. <laughs> maybe, maybe you also took advantage, though, like subconsciously of. Um, I think there's also this stereotype of, like you say about maybe, and, and it's obviously complete nonsense of sort of like, oh, you know, you seem more intelligent if you've got a proper London accent. But I also think a lot of people think Northern accents are friendlier. That's so true. That's true. Was... There's almost a disarming quality yeah, about exactly. about if they feel that way. Yeah, yeah, no, it, I think it does actually, and I've seen numerous examples of that working too. Yeah, so maybe that helped you. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend who studied shoe design at uh, St Martin's, and, and she admitted that so many times she got away with many things she shouldn't have because of her accent. 
<laughs> I definitely think it's a factor, yeah. <laughs> Which is good. But yeah, I think I do think there's something about etiquette that comes up in that mm-hmm. in that idea of, you know, making that first contact. Yeah. Because that's that's a big part of it, isn't it? It's like there's that feeling I've been doing this ten years now and it never goes away, that rejection feeling of sending out 100 emails and getting one maybe back. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm getting to the point now where I'm kind of using it as fuel. Like, the more the more non-responses or the more sort of like, oh, thanks, but we'll keep you in mind, kind of... It's like, oh, yeah, they've replied, but oh, it's not, it's not anything. I think I'm sort of using that as fuel now and I'm just treating it as a bit of a game and sort of going, okay, well, how many, how many rejections can I, can yeah. I top up just to sort of keep it keep the ball rolling without getting too deflated <laughs> yeah 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 and it does and it does as they mount up it does feel bad but then but what I've learned over the years is that a lot of people maybe even the majority do mean it when they say like you know we like you we'll keep you on keep you on file yeah. I've had projects for years after send, after having that response yeah. going we meant it we meant it all along and we really <laughs> wanted to work with you it's just that we, it's, it's taken this long for the opportunity yeah well I feel like if they if they bothered to respond in the first place then yeah then I imagine it's sincere yeah and, so, and something that I've experienced recently since just recently uh, with the podcast I've had PR companies get in touch from here from America from all over going would you like to interview our client which is great because it's, you know, it's these quite big name creative directors at big agencies and I'm going yeah you're making my life a lot easier yeah. <laughs> and I must be appearing on some radar so that's nice yeah. um, but what I'm finding is because I'm juggling a lot of things I'm starting to drop the ball a little bit and getting back to them and then they'll chase me three days later and the American thing seems to be just circling back. That's what they say. Just <laughs> reaching out or circling back. <laughs> and it's true though. It's yeah, circling. and they're like just circling back regarding my email. And then I get massive guilt and immediately reply. Yeah. So I'm on the other side. To a degree, I'm on the other side of the fence because I'm the one being approached. So I'm yeah. like, right, okay, I really need to chase everyone that hasn't replied because everyone is busy and actually they probably did mean to reply yeah. You know, so you, so that's one tip that I would give now, having seen it from the other side, is that a lot of the time people do just forget or are really busy and, and drop the ball. So it really is worth that extra nudge. Yeah, definitely. I think I've started, which is a thing I've never done before, but I've started to try and be really organised about it now. And I've got a spreadsheet where I write down who I contacted and how, because I've got a few different like mail outs and stuff going on, and I want to make sure I've not sent one person a certain print and then been like, oh, did you like it? And then sort of got the wrong, like sent them the wrong thing, whatever. Um, and also what I'm doing on there is sort of writing the dates, writing the person I spoke to, and then uh, writing like any follow-up actions. Like, so if I've sent them something in the post, then I'll send them an email a few weeks later mm-hmm. and be like, hey, did you get this? Um, you know, asking for feedback, that kind of thing. Whereas before, I think, I used to I used to just sort of be like, right, well, I've sent all these emails and I feel really good now, and then I'd kind of forget who I'd contacted and what I'd sent, and then it makes it really hard to, like, follow up. Yes. That's a really great tip, and, and only something that I've been actually, in the last few, like, about the last six months or something, I've really got a bit more militant in terms of exactly that, yeah. an action column and, and, yeah. and the last action. And it's like, again, like everything else, it's that whole thing of if you write it down, it's going to be less convoluted in your head instead of a thousand emails swimming around your brain when you're trying to go to sleep at night on yeah, top of everything okay. else we have to worry about as freelance. So I think that's a great tip for yeah. anyone at any level, really, just staying on top of it and keeping some records. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I, I love then that idea of going, right, I'm going to spend all of today doing promotional stuff and then getting to lunchtime and, and having been really productive and made like 30 more notes on my spreadsheet going, 
nah, bollocks, I can go and draw this afternoon now and yeah. know that I've made some <laughs> progress there and feel good about that. And that helps you to find yeah. what we were saying earlier about the business plan, that kind of dynamic of running all aspects of the business effectively. Yeah, I think keeping keeping organised, it makes, it just, I think it raises your spirits a little bit as well because it makes you feel a bit better, like when you've got a little to-do list and you've written down all the stuff that you've already done and and you've got this overview, so you don't lose track of things, like it just makes you feel a bit better about everything and then, like you say, you can just sort of turn around and be like, oh, I'm just going to go and draw my sketchbook for a bit now because yeah. you don't feel bad about it because you, you know you've done the stuff that you really need to do. Yeah. Whereas a big risk about what we do is that there's always some sort of guilt attached to any one task yeah. because you're not doing the other thing or, or you know, or you're being creative but you're not doing the you're not chasing the money and that kind of thing. So again it always is about balance. In that respect. Yeah. So I wrote down like this is sort of I've I mean I might have missed some here, so fill me in if I have, but I've got down post, email, telephone, networking, as in you know, any kind of events, talks turning up which is a little bit more robust but I do know a handful of people who've kind of rolled up at places and just asked if they had kind of and it's a bit more of an old school thing I think that before the internet but it does happen from time to time and I've known it pay off for some people as an example I was I met a friend this morning Hazel Mead who's quite new she's been freelance four months and um, she's got a really great attitude like a go a little real go-getter and she's just to break up the solitude of working at home. She's been working at like the Ace Hotel in Shoreditch two, three days a week, and just being around there on a the laptop, yeah. and has carved out a few commissions just by being in that environment where there's a lot of other creative freelancers coming yeah. and having meetings and and just getting chatting to people, which is an interesting one. And again, this is something that people overlook. Um, social media, and then I've got alter- alternative portfolios, as in the hands. AOI portfolios yeah. just kind of broadening out from your own website and having a few more stations yeah which is the thing that I've definitely not taken no. advantage of no no not yet no and I mean I mean how valuable that is I don't know I think that's probably more of an SEO thing as in if you're in more outposts yeah. on the internet maybe you're likely for someone to stumble across your site but I think that probably accounts for a much a minority percentage of the overall thing um, but I thought it might be fun to look at pros and cons of some of these so I mean yeah. we touched upon the phone obviously massive cons in terms of yeah. just the sheer intimidation factor yeah there's that and also someone pointed out on the on the thread on Twitter actually that I can't remember who it was um, pointed out this thing of what we do is so visual and when you're on the phone you know you can't show them what you do so you're relying completely on just you being able to convey what it is you do and you're still going to have to follow it up with some kind of visual anyway um so that's a massive, like, yeah. you know, as illustrators, we're all people who, like, we're really visual people, like, every, you know, it's all visual, that's the whole point. So, like, I feel like a lot of illustrators probably don't have the skills to sort of sell yourself on the phone, you know, it's a completely different skill set. Well, that's a very, yeah, that's a whole different, it is, you're right, it's completely different. Yeah. Completely at odds. I think it was Emma Block, I only know this because I've got, a, yeah, I, I, I've good. made a list so we can kind of look at some of these as well. I thought it might be might be fun to look at um, some of people's pointers, which there were some great ones, and I think it was in my block that made that point. Yeah. I would not count it, I wouldn't count it, because it, I think she's completely right, and it goes back to what I was saying about reversing the order of what I used to do, which was making an initial call. Once you get that visual thing in there, and it's you know you know that someone's seen it, then I think it's really good to kind of go in with what is probably secondary to that point, yeah. which is you, the person behind it. Yeah. I think getting both in is really important, though. So yeah. I think visual is the most important. 
but then if that person hears you on the phone and, and you know suddenly there's an, an even better in person if you can make that happen then I think there's an elevated trust yeah because you know? I, I can't even imagine how many emails people especially people at like the Guardian and places like that I can't imagine how many emails they get on a daily basis oh, like goodness. to stand out from that is, is really difficult so yeah I guess that's definitely a, an upside to that is to sort of solidify your existence in their head yeah yeah because then once you've got past that point you'll usually end a phone conversation by going with an ex- uh, a sort of action follow up action by going yeah. yes or give me a bell whenever or I'll drop you that email now or whatever it is you usually sign off with the next thing don't you today yeah. which I think so that's good to kind of just put that in 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 uh, uh, I thought about saying human speak then that wouldn't that doesn't make sense <laughs> 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 but I know what you mean. <laughs> but yeah, you know, just just to yeah, just because I always just find that when you then jump on the phone, have a nice chat, have a laugh, or ask them how the weekend's been, whatever it is, it's weirder if that's just come out of the blue and they're busy. Yeah. So I yeah, it is kind of. But then I guess the the point that I've had made to me in the past is that just that one follow up thing, that extra phone call or a follow up email to check they got your mail or whatever it is. Yeah. It just sets it in stone a bit more, and they're far likely to think of you then when when the commission comes in. Yeah, it is also, like, because I was thinking, I was thinking about this the other day and how just, you know, it can be quite overwhelming, especially if you're sort of looking through social media or looking anywhere online and just looking at all these amazing illustrators out there, like, not even just in the world, just even, like, in London, even in South London, just there's so many amazing illustrators and how do you compete is just, I think, the, the main difference is you've just got to go out and and put yourself out there. I don't think it's necessarily that you're more talented than another person because there's so many people who are just way more talented than, always than I will be. Like, There always will be for every yeah. one of us. You know? Yeah, definitely. So I think if you can somehow solidify your existence over someone else's, if you can like make that follow-up phone call instead of sending an email, then maybe that's, yeah. that's the best way to do it. But yeah, I think as long as you have the sort of ability to actually call up and not be, just be a gibbering mess on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And what I would say to that is that it's like no one should feel bad about that because yeah. this, and I think this was one of my contributions to that, to your Twitter thread, was a lot of the stuff we do in this industry, especially in self-promotion, is has to be sympathetic to character. Otherwise, if you're completely yeah. going against what your nature is, you're starting off with a handicap. So like yeah, I used to do, I'd call up and I'd be stuttering all over the place and I think I don't think it did me great, great favours if someone's busy and they're getting a phone call they don't want someone who's struggling to speak on the other yeah, end of the phone exactly. you know so I think if you, if you don't ever want to pick up a phone that's absolutely fine but I think it then becomes important like we said to still find a way to solidify that relationship even if it's a handwritten note in the mail or I don't know I don't know what it is but yeah. I just think that reliance upon any one of these tools can be can be bad because you don't you don't um you don't get there with it. Yeah, I think to stick with the like pros and cons thing, like I think I've been so I've been trying to sort of think about like, well, what are my strengths? Like, what, how can I sort of use this whole thing to my advantage? Like, and I've realized it can be quite fun, really, if you sort of stick to your strengths. And like, it's print, really, like, it's, it's always been visual. I've always really liked like seeing my work in physical print. You know, I've done a lot of like screen printing myself in the past, but don't have that much access to that right now so so I've been doing a lot of uh just getting some little like mini prints made sending those out like choosing different artworks to send to different publications that kind of stuff 
I've also recently got um I thought well you know I'm 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 getting in touch with all these editorial clients at like newspapers magazines this kind of stuff so I got a newspaper printed with like some recent portfolio pieces in nice which like it's just really fun as well doing it yeah. like it's actually really fun just sending people stuff in the post because you're sort of like going to open it and hopefully they'll keep it you know maybe um so I've been doing that and just kind of trying to enjoy it and then I think my short term plan is to then follow that up with an email mm-hmm. um, rather than stepping too far out of my comfort zone with the phone calls um, yeah. but yeah definitely like the follow up is definitely important I think because it like you know you know like like you were saying you know you can just forget about stuff for like even if you just forget about it for a few days then next thing it's been two weeks and then next thing they, they don't know who I am you know so it's very true. Everyone's rushed. Everyone's busy, and and, and it's yeah. often innocent. But people do like things fall through the cracks. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just kind of having fun with it and just trying trying out a load of different ways of getting in touch with people. But for me, at the moment, it's definitely definitely print. I'm just having a lot of fun with trying out different ways of presenting yeah. my work and stuff. I think that's a really good idea, and I think um, once again, it's 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 not straying too far from what's comfortable to you, you know, yeah. healthy comfort, you know. Um, there was a really good one from, I think it was Ben the Illustrator, who said about the cushion. Someone has had the cushion with like <laughs> yeah, the face stitched amazing. on and it's asleep on it, which was genius. And it's like, it's just, you know, that's, you do hear these, uh, these anomalies, these really quirky ones where yeah. someone's really But he said he didn't else. get the job. That was, I was devastated to hear that. Yeah, yeah, he said they didn't commission it, but, but then he also just said, didn't he, that they'd, they'd uh, shared it with like, I think it was digital apps or computer apps and they yeah. ended up getting some press off the back oh, of it. Right, so, so you get that secondary, you know, often it's that secondary thing that, yeah. that it takes time. But but again, yeah, why not have fun with it? Why not try and do something a little different? And yeah. and a great thing is is longevity. So is someone going to keep something? You yeah. know? Um, and like you, immediately when you said newspapers there, I thought straight away, it's like, you know, to make something personal or unique, even if it's just as simple as, as making up a bullshit number, let's say you've got, let's say you've got fifty of them. Yeah. Why not make it like a limited run of ten? So on every one of them, write one of ten handwritten on the bottom. All of a sudden, I wouldn't want to throw that. Away. I wouldn't want to throw that away. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, this is a bespoke thing, right? Yeah. Okay, I'll keep that. And it's like, it's a lot of this is psychological and kind of thinking. How do I get kept? How do I, you know, how do I get a prominent place on the shelf instead of being sideways on the shelf? It's yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I think. Sending something useful. Um, I think this was also Ben the Illustrator who said um, he once he just has some calendars left over. Um, so he just sent those out to people and then they stick them up in their offices, you know. Yeah. And they're going to be looking at it all year and then eventually you're going to get more work from yeah. that. Like, you know, I was thinking about maybe doing, uh, like doing beer mats. Yeah. My illustrations. Beer mats are really like cool. That. Yeah, just like, just trying to do useful stuff that's not, you know, I mean sending people like t-shirts and stuff is going to be very expensive <laughs> like yeah, yeah. you know I'm, I'm a bit weird actually yeah. um, but like there's definitely like ways you can think oh what what can I send people that's actually useful and they're going to keep it and they're going to look at it and they're going to enjoy it yeah rather than just being like here's a link to my website mm-hmm. please click on it <laughs> and again, yeah and again it's, it's that thing about thinking about the client that you're sending to and tailoring that to what you are maybe good at you're suited to or what you know about this is another thing that people overlook is knowledge I mean that was my foot into the industry of sports my love of football yeah. and my constant being up to date with what was going on just for fun why not sell that to someone it's like I think there's that often we put people on a pedestal 
art directors or design agencies that we want to work with and feel like because we want to work with them that feels like too much fun yeah. the idea of that happening that it's not going to happen when it's it's absolutely not true i think that love of what they do if you can express that in a, in a non-intimidating ridiculous way people respect that and really like to know that you want to work with them and if your knowledge caters to their their needs so with wwe it was like then you know i, I, I made i didn't hide the fact i was completely geekly obsessed with the product and I watched it every week every show I knew exactly what was going on so to the art director he said to me this makes my life so much easier that you know the names the alter egos of all the characters you know the storylines yeah it makes them easier to you don't have to explain the briefs yeah no matter how much you dream about that job there's someone out there in the world that needs to commission what you do you know so dream big I think and like you know again brace yourself because it's unlikely yeah but if it happens for sure I think a lot of it comes down to confidence as well. I think that's something that I've suffered with yeah. over like the last few years is just having the confidence to like realise that I do actually know some things. <laughs> like yeah. I do know what I'm talking about in some ways and I do know what I'm doing and having that's the big problem as well, being freelance with self promotion is like if you're not confident and you're not able to like go around shouting like, Hey, hey, look at me, look at what I've yeah. done no one else is gonna do that for you. Yes. And like if you've if you've got certain like areas where you're really knowledgeable, if you can use that and channel that and have the confidence to sort of go, hey, I know loads about this stuff, hire me, I'm qualified for this, mm-hmm. then like definitely use it, like absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I did a show going back a while now with um, Kat Nelligan who ran a platform, I think she's still doing it, called The Creative Introvert, and it was about she would do these articles and these tips and other people's uh, opinions of how the quieter person can get around the barriers that might be in their way from yeah. their personality type and I think that's really interesting um, and then it, like you say it's not easy for everyone to shout and it's not within someone's nature to go and try to sell themselves especially in this industry we are and we're a sensitive, sensitive bunch yeah, at heart really even if it doesn't come across and I think there are ways to, to tackle that and, I, and I, I've always been drawn to the idea of alter egos and, and kind of mistake you, yeah. using that to offset I mean the, the thing is like since when I started writing on blogs and eventually wrote that book I, I surrendered any chance of Van Talon being like mis- any, any mystique it was like I'm online going on about sitting in my underwear in my flat and it's like I've, <laughs> I've lost that now <laughs> I can't I, be I Bowie I think that's really really like honestly like, I, it completely like it helped me so much just reading a really honest account of how it is starting out mm-hmm. because quite often you sort of think you know people cultivate this sort of image especially online of like sort of like trying to look professional all the time and just like oh you know I've had this client I've had this client and you sort of you look at it and you just sort of go wow well like where do I start and, you know I'm still working in a pub so mm-hmm. how could I possibly be like that you know so and it's amazing to finally read like a really honest account of like how you started out and how you got to that point mm. like, I found it really helpful so like you know there's pros and cons thank to, you to, <laughs> it's very kind it's always really nice to hear that but, but, you, but you're right and, and I mean you know again guess yeah, that was it it was, it, was a, it was a conscious decision to bear all and kind of yeah. go I know so many people are going through this so I'm going to try and put it down and hope for that do you, do you think that helped you in the long run with your more massively career yeah I love it especially I mean this came off the, this podcast came off the back of that book you know none of it was planned it was all 
the, that the very fact that exists is because I had a drastic quiet spell and, and had to get it out of me somewhere. The frustration <laughs> was getting too much and I was feeling really quite down on the industry and like, God, I just, is this the right path? And I knew it was deep down, but you do question it because you're right, I suffer with confidence as much as the next person. And that doesn't come across through social media and client lists and it's very deceptive. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, you know, having that conversation with Kat about creative introverts, it was like, well, if you're the kind of person who, who's squirms at the idea of selling yourself or what you do, then hide behind something that's fine too like yeah. create a Ziggy Stardust you know or uh, whatever whatever that is it's fine to, to either go under a pseudonym or create a studio name for example yeah. you know you can, I know so many individuals who go under a studio banner and refer to themselves as we you know it's like yeah. we at such and such and it's like I was laughing and, and my wife said everyone knows it's just you <laughs> <laughs> which I think is brilliant but but there's nothing wrong with that. And, and I think you do whatever you have to do for your character. That's what every, every point of advice everyone gives. It's like, it's no good kind of going, well, no, because that's, well, then, okay, like, personalise it for you. You have, to, you have to block some advice out and go, that yeah. doesn't work for yeah, my character. Yeah, you definitely have to be That's because that yeah. person, like, a good example. So Andy Cockrell is a music photographer I've been collaborating with recently, and he's, a, he's, a, he's great. He's, yeah, I think, I forget how old he is. He's 50s anyway, he's a top guy. He's been photographing musicians for 30 years and he's this lovely kind of bubbly cockney East End fellow. He's got, and he's just got such a great manner. Yeah. And he falls apart when it comes to emails. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I guaranteed any text, any email, the phone rings two seconds later. <laughs> and he's like, and he's the loveliest person on the phone. He's got such a warm manner and he really comes across and you want to spend time with him, you want to work with him. So for him, that works tree. That's clearly yeah. his method. Again, it's him being sympathetic to who he is, but but for others, it's like you know when you do that, then you send a text and your phone rings and you go, oh no, yeah, and exactly. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I totally get that. I think I was having a really interesting conversation as well recently with um, one of my friends. So I still work. I work like two two days a week or so, roughly, in a pub, and basically everyone else who I work with there is a creative in some shape or form, and I was chatting. I was chatting with this one girl who's she's an actress and she was talking about this idea of you know when you're creative you have to be confident you have to have the confidence to shout about your own work and to mm-hmm. to big yourself up and when you're working in the service industry which almost all creatives do at some point like quite often your 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 confidence is being chipped away at because you're just dealing with like just just huge amounts of people in the public and and a lot of them aren't very polite and are, mm-hmm. you know don't 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 treat you that well so it's always this battle when you're first starting out to like finding a balance between just actually having to do what you have to do and then at the same time trying to build yourself up to like to put yourself yeah. out there and put yourself on the on the line I guess so yeah it's it's quite hard but it's also it's really nice when you see people who are, have made it and have got past that who then just open up and go yeah I've been there I've done this I've yeah. worked through it in this way in this way in this way it's, just really nice. I have met a handful who are very kind of bullish and, and very good and, and fiery about that, but they're in the vast minority. I mean, so many, even the most successful people that I know, yeah. all have the confidence, ebbs and flows. Yeah. You know, no, no, never mind, no two days the same, no two hours the same. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, I think that's the other nice thing about being freelance, though, is because, like, when you can just sort of do what your mood, like, to an extent, you can do sort of whatever it is you kind of you know if you're feeling really confident on one day then you should maybe use that day to yes. do a bit of self-promotion and the next day if you're feeling a bit introverted and you're just feeling like you know, maybe you just want to do some drawing do some sketching yeah. think about some stuff like 
So yeah, it's, it's kind of nice having that. Exactly that. Yeah, be, I think being responsive is really important and, yeah. and making the most within, like you say, within reason. If you've got deadlines, you've got deadlines. But I think uh, when you have the opportunity to tailor what it is you do, then again, how, how are you feeling? It's that yeah. big question that not enough people ask and mean it. It's like, that's crucial. You have something important there, and this is what, something I wanted to ask you as well. So working in the pub, would you say that that experience and maybe any other experiences you've have of, had of like dealing with the public or strangers, do you feel that that can be has, has helped you in some ways in terms of um, in terms of managing personalities in our in our industry? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. It's definitely because I've always been quite introverted, and I think working in pubs, which I've done on and off now for a really long time, actually for since I was at uni now. Um, I think it's definitely like it's brought me out my shell a bit more it's helped me like just be a bit more confident and talk to people who I wouldn't you know people from completely different walks of life and also like helps you be quite uh diplomatic you know in sort of conflict resolution and and just and I think also the thing that I've really learned is just like kindness like kindness goes such a long way just good manners and Mm -hmm. kindness and a smile you know, I think those are all things that are really important in any industry and, and really business like of any kind, I guess, just comes down to relationships. You know, you just you're just forming relationships with people. So if you can. If you have the ability to just be nice, you know, to, to people you don't know, then you're yeah. much more likely to create strong, lasting relationships with those people and you're much more likely to get more repeat work, I guess. Yeah. So I'll, I think I think it's definitely helped. I would echo that in a big way. Yeah. And even when people are asses, which happens, you don't know what's going on in their lives. So I always yeah. think it's better to just be nice, be be, be like resolutely nice, and, yeah, and, yeah. and kind of and just, just be the bigger person. Kill it kindness. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely that, absolutely. And it's never it's never taken me astray, really. And I would say the same. I mean, I've worked in many many retail shops and Preston City Council and. Uh, news agents paper around in old people's flats where sometimes they'd come out and shout at me because the newspaper had been caught on the way through the letterbox and, re- <laughs> and report it to the news agents who docked 30p off my £6 a week wage for the, cop- for oh, the price of a son or whatever <laughs> and it's like come on I'm like 13 years old and, and anyway but all that stuff you look back and think my god that's really what's enabled me to kind of to do this in a lot yeah. of ways to actually manage all these personalities and exist in this weird industry and it's yeah. very valuable I find. I also find the nice thing about it actually is, is well there's a couple of nice things. I think one of the nicest things about it is um, when I'm working on illustration stuff I'm working from home and I'm just on my own all day. So you know you've got the sort of online community but I just spend a lot of time by myself so it's then really nice to sort of spend the daytime working and then it gets to the evening or the weekend and I'm like oh I can go to the pub now (laughs) and even when you know you're working you're on your feet all day it's really tiring but you're surrounded by people so there's the social aspect of it which is really nice yeah and also you get to meet so many people from from all different like all different creative industries all different walks of life like a lot you know like I said a lot of the people I work with are very creative as well so yeah that's really cool and you know you never know in the future those people might be Absolutely. Might be in a position to work and, with you. And just the yeah. observations you make, the, the things you hear, the things you see, the people you meet. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. It's very valuable. And and, and you, the amount of people that um, seem to be absolutely crestfallen or feel like they've failed because they've had to get a part time job or even a full time job, it baffles me because I think it's actually really valuable. And once again, this comes down to personality. But if you're the sort of person who's going to suffer massively under the pressure of sustaining 
paying your bills through what you want to do. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with offsetting that and biding your time. And yeah. take, that's what I chose to do with the long run. I, I knew that with a full-time wage coming in, I could afford to do the self-promotion without worrying about spending a bit of extra money on some envelopes or some nice printed yeah, material. Um, and like you said, the social side of it, being around a rich panorama, panorama of people, just keeping me connected with real life because once you've left uni and you've lost all that, you know, all those interactions, yeah. it's good to, to have a bit of a, a gradual breakdown of that if you're going to end up in a solitary place. Yeah. It also, I think, yeah, it takes the pressure off in a way that if you were relying on, like, especially when you're starting out, if you're solely relying on illustration for your income, then you do end up making a lot more sacrifices and taking a lot of jobs that you wouldn't normally take otherwise. Yeah. And I think even just working two days a week has given me the freedom to know, I know I can pay my bills mm-hmm. and I know I can turn down jobs if I, if I don't think they're right for me. Yeah. If I don't think they're going to push me in the right direction. So I've got to the point now where actually my website is entirely, actually not entirely, there's a couple, there's a couple of bits of client work on there, but almost entirely personal work because I'm trying to move away from those jobs that I was doing just for the paycheck. Yeah. So I've got a bit more freedom to actually like try and move in the direction that I want. Yeah. Which is which is really nice actually to have that freedom. Yeah. And like I mean I'm very poor. <laughs> but I think I think it's worth it. I hopefully it'll pay off one day. And ultimately ultimately it's critical. I always say it's a bit of a dowsing rod for for where you want to go as your portfolio. So if that's full of work you'd rather not be doing. Yeah. Be, be careful because like attracts like. So that's stuff. another form of promotion yeah. actually now that we mention it is um is just quite simply your portfolio. Yeah. And it should never be just what you can do, but more what you'd like to do and where yeah. you'd like to go because you know, they're expressions of interest, all those personal pieces, and without constraint, which can be really good. You yeah. know, you can be really creative and different with some of those things too. Um, so in terms of you know, by pro, so we touched on this so phone pros and cons we've kind of gone gone over that um, post post I, I, is my favourite thing at the minute we said, you said about the newspaper there yeah um, it can be really fun I guess cons is cost probably the biggest con is the cost of actually getting printed material which yeah I mean if you're smart about it it can be done pretty cheaply it yeah. just depends um, how have you, what was the response to your newspaper um, I haven't sent them yet, actually. Oh, OK. Um, so I got them printed a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I only did a small run to start with um, because it was so expensive to just print one. So I, so I got I got ten printed uh, just to see how they came out, and they've come out really good, so I'll probably print some more. So I'm going to get those in the post uh, ASAP. And I think cost-wise... The newspapers are actually, you know, it's newsprint. Like, the whole point of it is that it's really affordable, it's cheap, um, it's quick. Like, it's... I think that was another sort of... Apart from the sort of fact that, A, I'm sending it to newspapers, so I kind of like that idea. Um, it was also just the cost. Like, it's, it was the cheapest way of printing, like, more than one image. Like, you know, I sort of looked at, like, little booklets, and I sort of thought, oh, I don't like the quality. Like, I looked at, like, a proper... It's just so expensive, so... Mm-hmm newspapers I think are a good balance between like nice quality printed stuff and cost so like there are ways that you, I think you can save money and do that in a creative way mm-hmm. like rather than just being like oh, I'll just get the cheapest prints I can find or you know I'll just print them yeah. Yeah. print them on like flyers like you know you want you want <laughs> nice quality like you want you want to show your work off in its best yeah 
And it's that, it's that it's that expression of interest as well. You know, the fact people will will really appreciate the fact at newspapers that you've you've done that almost Actually, for yeah. them. You know, it's going to be. I I got some of my early work from doing that. I would always draw up samples for. I mean, we don't have the time of day to do that for a large number of people, of course. But I would handpick clients that I really wanted to work for, and like yeah. we said about the knowledge and people, I felt like I had something to offer, and did that. I would always do a quick mock up of whatever the story was that week in football and, and send it in my style to when Saturday comes. I like mock it up with the, yeah. with the article. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, even, even <laughs> I wasn't a graphic designer so it would be really crudely thrown onto the page yeah. but it was just like, forgive the, the, you know, the roughness of this but here's what I thought might work, it's just another idea and they really liked that and, and said and took the time to get back the fact that I'd taken that time to do that for yeah, them. that's a really good idea because I think people, quite often you assume that just because people are in the creative industries that they're going to have the imagination to sit there and like try and picture your work in certain ways or in certain scenarios mm-hmm. like they're probably not going to do that like no sometimes they don't have to show them and so and it's and, and oftentimes it's not imagination but time they just talk the time yeah, yeah just, they're not just sat there daydreaming about your work <laughs> exactly that's it but then i would say i always try and advise that a bit of the portfolio is a balance so i try and have a mix of things that are just what they are yeah. Like one that's been really popular recently has just been a drawing of a lemon that I did. So I draw a lemon. And it was like, and it always gets flagged up as something that they were like when they're giving me like a mood board for what they like in my portfolio for a job. Um, so that then gives the, the end user the, the, the freedom to imagine it in their world, in their context, whatever it is they're going to be commissioning. And on the other hand, to put something in context negates the risk, as we just said, that they don't have the time or the, or, or the imagination to envision it. Yeah. So therefore, you're going. Look, this is how this could work. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I think if you've got a balance of that, you're going to give yourself a better chance um, of someone joining the dots at the other end, yeah. which is good. Um, but but without doubt, taking the time to to put something in somebody's world and like you know draft up a specific sample of how it might look is that goes a long way. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I never thought of that before. Yeah, and then just little. I just had an idea as we were talking then, but just little psychological things like. So when I, I was thinking back to an example, and this was when I was doing when I did my first few Guardian bits. I'd done some, I'd done sports stuff because they liked, you know, they they didn't have a lot of time to get the stuff done because it's a newspaper and it's urgent. Therefore, they liked that my work was quite urgent and quick, yeah. and I knew about it. Therefore, that would cut some of the time out. Um, so, over the course of doing these jobs, I called up Gina, who was the art director at the time for the sport, and said, "I really like Russell Brown's column. I like the sense of humour. I think it would fit with my work. How do we go about?" seeing if this might happen and she was like well actually it's fully booked at the minute there's no spaces on that rotation but I will bear you in mind yeah. um, and lo and behold somebody phoned in sick like two days later so I ended up getting the gig oh, that perfect. Friday and did it for like three years afterwards that column oh. and um, but actually you know she called me straight back because my number was in her phone book because I'd kind of off the back of her job I made a quick phone call to ask her because I knew how long they sometimes took to get back to like emails about payment <laughs> or, <laughs> or you know basically the things that weren't urgent I knew they were limited on time so I just quickly called her hadn't consciously thought about that at the time but when that person had phoned in sick she'd kind of gone oh god that, who was that guy that there it was the number was there so little, just little yeah. psychological advantages like yeah, that yeah a lot of it is just being in the right place at the right time I think like and I think the trick with that is like you know you can talk about it sort of being luck and it's like well you know oh you just got lucky but you didn't really like you you have to create that luck like I think and the best way to do that is to just put yourself out there as much as possible like try and connect with as many people as possible try and go to as many events as possible try and yeah. you know 
talk to as many people on Twitter, try and, you know, I, I don't know, just put yourself out there as much as possible, like, do as many podcasts as you can, you know, absolutely like, that, just yeah. do everything. It's absolutely right, and, and I mean, chances chances everywhere, and chances pivotal, I always say to people, but without willing to have that chance find you, it's wasted, yeah. you have to be open to seeing the opportunity, it's like, you know, yeah, of course there's been numerous times where I've thought, my God, what fortunate timing, I could never have known that that person was about to commission that afternoon. And my things turned up on their desk at 11am or on their email inbox at 11am yeah. and they've gone, oh, okay, that would work for what I've got to commission this afternoon. But if you don't believe that can happen and if you don't cast the net, so to speak, by sending out all that stuff and, and heightening that chance, then then it's not going to come to you, is it? So yeah. it's like, yeah. it's a mix. You have to be aware of chance's role, but you also have to chase it. Yeah, I think a big thing I've realised about, like about social media and using social media to your advantage like when I was sort of going through my business plan and trying to think of ways to promote myself I thought well social media yeah cool I'm on that that's that's that I've done that like mm. but you really have to think about the way you use it and and I think the nice thing about the illustration world um if there is such a thing um is everyone's really really friendly and really open and you can use that network you know even just to reach out to people just to to ask questions or to like to share people's work like everyone's sharing everyone's work all the time you know different people have blogs you know quite a lot of people have second jobs you know like this like doing podcasts or blogging or some people are writing like whatever you know there's all these different connections that you can use and I think reaching out to a community is like such a good way to a stay sane and be just be in the right place at the right time and have people talking about you more and for you to be a bit more visible. Yeah. Like, you have to make yourself visible. You, you do, you do. And, and as you hit, hit on an important thing there, that people are very kind and warm. And, and again, yeah. that this is this is a positive to what we said about the negative of, like, a lot of confidence and, and being quite introverted earlier. They're not neg- negative, but things that can have negative connotations. <laughs> the flip side of that is that people are lovely and people are very kind and warm and, and, and they are in this for the, usually the right reasons. Um therefore if you're always having that conversation in a pub in a cafe or a networking event whatever it might be and you say something about the work you've been doing or something you're interested in light bulbs can happen and people can go well oh shit actually it was that person that was looking out for somebody who does this or is interested in that yeah. and then you connect them and that happens all the time all the time it's you know people have gone oh who's that sad case that loves wrestling that I was talking to the other day <laughs> it's like and then they'll, they'll put me onto you know some journalist who's writing a piece about uh, in wrestling or whatever, these these weird things have happened, and it's like, and it, and it opens this, yeah. kickstarts this chain reaction. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I, I just, it just came to my head as well. Actually, I don't know if, how related that is to that point. Actually, but well, I guess it is. It's just trying to sort of be in the right place at the right time. Is, um, at around Christmas time, um, the pub that I worked at, we wanted to do a Christmas card to give out to, so we do like takeaway beers. So sometimes customers come in and, and take away their beers. So you know, we give them a bag. And we were like, what if we could put like some nice little bits in there for Christmas? So I was like, cool, I'll do a Christmas card, you know? And it wasn't, I wasn't really getting paid properly for that. But I just thought, especially with the location of this pub in central London, you know, there's a lot of publishing houses nearby. There's a lot of like newspapers. There's a lot of design agencies. There's a lot of various stuff like, you know, who they might be coming in here for a pint. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't had any, anything back from that yet, but you never know, like someone might have that sitting around in their house somewhere. So I think 
just trying to like every time you see one of those sort of opportunities just grab it like just do it and, and definitely hopefully it'll lead definitely. to something definitely and, and it's about not overthinking it or not looking for two definitive immediate results because it's very easy to go well I sent that out and I never had anything back therefore that doesn't work yeah it doesn't work like that it's like it might take years for something to come to fruition it might not it might take minutes I know yeah well, one of like the, the, the client I'm working with at the moment was one who I I emailed them I think when I first came out of uni, like two thousand and thirteen or something, and now I'm now I'm doing my third book with them. So, so like these things, yeah, take time to awesome. like, it, yeah, it does just, work. Yeah, and got so the seeds. Yeah, there was a um, guy who goes under the name Boneface. He was a guy who graduated from UCLan, same uni as me, a few years later, and he, I think something that I forget what the story is. It almost feels like it's become this urban myth, but he. I'd done little commissioned work at the time and, and his work was really quite cool and it had its own thing going on. And it got featured in Vice. Um, and I think it was, yeah, it was Josh Horn from Queens of the Stone Age who saw it, loved it, commissioned him to do like the album artwork for the, I think the wow. second to last album, uh, the one with the like, two kind of skeletons hugging on the cover. Yeah. Um, two music videos, I think it was something like three singles, I'd probably all wrong, but it was, it was a batch of work like that, a big yeah. deal, and got flown up to LA to say it's flat and all this stuff. So it's like practically the first commission or one of his early commissions, you know? Yeah. But it just, that's that's one of those stories that goes, well, actually, it can happen that quick if you just, therefore, there's no point sitting there thinking, will this take years, will this take minutes? Just get out and do it plentifully and, and find out, wait for it to come back and yeah. chase it, you know? Yeah, I think, I think you've got to learn to enjoy the ride because otherwise, all this time spent saying yeah it will just get really depressing otherwise quite quickly all this Definitely. time not getting any feedback straight away like you just have to try and enjoy it while you're doing it yeah yeah and there comes a point where we were saying about the spreadsheet and staying organised earlier like I've, I've started this whole new database which is only goes back so far and it's like up to about 150-200 people on it now just from like plundering LinkedIn and going to networking events and that kind of thing yeah. and I looked at it the other day and thought okay this, this is all fresh these are all relatively new people and started to get a few things coming through from it job wise and felt good about that and, and you do reach a point where it starts to feel like it's then ca- you know catching on and there's momentum all of a sudden and it's like okay the odds are getting better now I've got yeah. 10-12 conversations instead of two conversations going on so there is some stability happening here now so that's good yeah. too you know, it's good to go after that. And networking's good, like you mentioned that I've since I've gone back to Manchester I've been going to all the local talk events and I did one on did a talk on Thursday. It was an unpaid one for like Pechacucha, but it's great and off the back of it I've already got a gig doing a talk at an agency that I wanted to go and show my portfolio to anyway. I didn't even oh, know great. they had people doing talks. But a girl came up afterwards and said, like, really like the talk. Um, would you be up for doing one at our agency? I oh, so which agency? And when she told me the name, I was like, you're kidding. I was about, I was like, going to come <laughs> after you guys next. I was like, even better if I can come in and do a talk. And, you know, so just being, like you said, being places, yeah. being nice, having a drink and enjoying yourself can, you know, it just can lead a lot of places. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah. and, and looking outside as well, the comfort zones, instead of doing the whole editorial design, advertising thing, Trying to trying to think differently and looking for opportunities where there've maybe not been any opportunities for illustration. That sounds yeah. weird, but when I got work for Leeds United magazine, which is a dream client of mine, they'd never. I, I'd read it since ninety seven, and I first got work for them in two thousand and nine. I think it was two thousand nine, around that time anyway. Um, and I, and they'd never commissioned with one illustration, and I was aware of this because I bought every issue, and being a passionate fan. Um, and I was like one of the first people to actually contact them about it. And I thought, well, what if they've always wanted to but never known where to start? Yeah. And it was not far from the truth. Like they'd, they'd only just had a meeting about changing the look of the magazine and wanted to go a different direction. 
and lo and behold I've knocked on the door and gone this is yeah, what I do and they go really good timing well, there we go then. Yeah, and it goes <laughs> yeah. back to what you're saying about timing it's like someone will go lucky bastard other people will go well actually you thought to do that and yeah, thought to put, put it in, in front position, of them yeah. create the opportunity so again you know it's very easy to go after people who commission loads of illustration but then there's going to be loads of illustrators trying to get in the door exactly yeah whereas if you go to a business that you think could really benefit and tell them why in a nice way who knows you yeah. might become the person to make that business's look you know? yeah definitely so that's good as well yeah yeah so you know I mean and just yeah socials socials are an interesting one isn't it so it's so um, multifaceted I don't know but I, I can only think of maybe two or three instances where I've known to get a commission from social media as such however yeah. so many seeds have been sown and relationships built through social that it's well worth it and, and I'm sure has then led to like indirect work yeah I mean you definitely can't argue that it's an important place to have your work I think <laughs> actually it's, it's, I just reminded me of this one thing when um, it's actually, I think it's actually the first time I ever sold a piece of work was when I was at uni and I was on Twitter but I think I don't really think I was using Twitter very efficiently to promote my work at the time because you know I, I think I was in my first year and I just was sort of figuring out my style and everything was always different so I don't think I was particularly consciously trying to promote but I remember putting up a tweet uh, and it was just something really stupid about um, uh, it was the do you remember the tune that was <laughs> this is so silly do you remember the tune on the Hastings direct advert that was like oh eight hundred double oh ten sixty yeah I do yeah and I think <laughs> I just this one day I had this really stupid thought and I was like oh the phone number is ten sixty six because of the battle of Hastings is in ten sixty six yeah and I just had this thought so I, and I just put it on Twitter and then I got I got response from someone who works at Hastings direct who must have just searched Hastings Direct saw my tweet and then went oh I really like your drawings can I buy this one and I was like oh what okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was really bizarre that was the first time I ever sold a piece of work so yeah like sometimes at least just that's <laughs> funny that's funny yeah. I think you, you raised something really important there actually and it's conduct which is some people blur the lines between personal and professional use of social which is fine yeah. because it's a personal expression of self in what we do but if that extends to kind to of bitterness, slagging yeah. off, like direct, you know, screenshotting an email from a client and kind of laughing at it because it's taking the piss with a price, for example, I've seen that a few times. And I think maybe refrain from going public with that stuff or, yeah. or re-bracket it to make it a constructive conversation as opposed to a, just a direct exactly, yeah. beating of someone. Because a lot of people will look at social accounts these days and kind of look at the way you carry yourself on there and... If it's all yeah, if political, really like heavy political stuff and really kind of... I think set up a separate account for that. Maybe, yeah. You know? I mean, I think, I mean, I think I'm in two minds about it in some ways because I think... I think it's okay to be... Like, on, on the side of a sort of personal stuff, like, I think sometimes it's kind of nice to sort of have this insight into people's lives and especially if it adds to the sort of image that you're trying to put out, if you yes. have this, like, brand and... Part of that brand is, I don't know, save. I mean, this definitely wouldn't be my brand, but sort of like clean living or something, you know, and you've made a really nice salad mm-hmm. then, and you want to share that. If that adds to your image and that adds Absolutely. to if your audience are going to enjoy that, then that's great. But then, yeah, like don't go around putting up drunken videos of you and your mates and stuff. Yes. Like, that's just really unprofessional. That's the thing. And, I, and, I, and what's interesting, I get, I'll get, a, if I do a talk, for example, at uni, there'll, there'll invariably be a handful of students that follow whether it's the podcast account or my own work 
which is lovely. But then I'll always I'm quite liberal at kind of following back if it's interesting, if it's visually interesting within why I'm on there, which is generally for my work. But the amount of people who is you know profile will be designer and illustrator and it's nothing but cats or or like baby <laughs> pictures. It's like yeah. again not not having a bash of people who put that stuff up. But think about why people would want to follow you and if it is professionally, yeah. then maybe be careful because yeah. I, I, I won't follow them then because I think well I, no disrespect but I don't know you so I don't really want to yeah, see you cat. You know it's like and I'm aware and I've really cut down dog pictures for that same reason because I was getting a bit too giddy and putting my body terrier yeah. up on there. <laughs> so now I keep that to the stories. I think well how can I I still like to do that. I know there are people that like my dog. <laughs> so Yeah I've been quite enjoying the dogs. <laughs> so I do it on the stories now which is a bit more disposable and kind of try and curate my feed. That's just a personal choice. I'm not having a bash there but but the, you do see people getting really quite vitriolic or having a down day and lashing out yeah. being, uh, and I think I've been guilty can, of it a couple of times yeah, yeah. Oh, me too especially with the early blogs about of what became champagne and what swims some of them were quite venomous not like anyone but just being a bit like swearing too much trying to be cool or it's being hard a bit, though isn't it to find a balance because I think there are a lot of stuff like negative stuff um, that I think it is important to talk about like you know not being paid on time or yes. like you know especially and and sometimes I think it can be good like if you're I've seen people calling out like big brands who will put up uh like illustration or design competitions where they're yes. not paying people digital really. arts have been very good at that recently yeah Neil, Neil Bennett the editor I know he's he wrote a great article about why it's terrible and it's got a good bit yeah. of traction so sometimes I think it's okay um and some and a lot of stuff's really important to talk about and it's good to it's good to share that and talk yeah, about that, but but absolutely. at the same time, like you don't want to just spend all day being really negative. Like, yeah, I my my only real rule at the moment is to just like not have too much of one thing, like, and I just try and think about like even if it is something negative, like is it constructive? Like, is this helpful mm-hmm. in any way, or is it just bitching? Yes. Is it going to help the issue? Yeah, yeah. And you're right because I've seen it a few times, and I think. Um, Again, Ben O'Brien, Ben the illustrator, was, was great. He's been very vocal of late about the mental health stuff and wrote some great articles, and that's really important because it's something that's really quite... It's prominent because, yeah. again, it was sensitive people. Um, but also, he... I don't know if he started the petition or was... In, anyway, he, was, he really got a good bit of traction on sharing the petition, which was about, again, getting paid late from clients. As freelancers, this is really important because we're running businesses and our living depends on that. So, again, wonderful use of it. And, and I think that anyone who's, who is, who has integrity and does care about the arts is going to get behind that. They're not going to look and think, oh, God, someone's venting again. Not at all. Like, that's never the point that I would try and make because I think that's really important and it is a great use of social media to get those conversations going that have been yeah, taboos historically and they can be really helpful as well because like there'll be a lot of people first starting out who like who don't know about certain certain practices which are really damaging you know like even the other day um i was having a chat with a friend of mine who was saying like oh we we're talking about working for free and we were talking about like you know in what circumstances is it okay and in what circumstances is it absolutely no and then someone sort of said well you know if it's like a really big company and I'm going to get loads of loads of exposure out of it then then I wouldn't mind and but I would say the opposite because because they're the people who can afford you yes. like they, they should be paying you mm-hmm. um but like that that's also the kind of thing that I think I learn a lot of that from seeing people talk about that on social media and people opening up those conversations and also the AOI are really good at that kind of stuff but 
you know, it's, it needs to be talked about more. Yes, but I does. think, yeah, just try and keep it constructive, I think, and not just be lashing out. And that's the thing, it's about being professional being, and still being uh, nice in a way that's going to make change, I think, too, yeah. it's, how you, it's how you put it a lot of the time. But there, you know, there, there again, when there we have it, there are, there are many like pros and cons to the, to the social side of stuff, because mm-hmm. often it can it can feel really direct or it can feel very indirect sometimes, you know, you just, if you're just putting like a promotional tweet out there and no one likes it, which I have that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I do it all the time, like ghost tweets, and I'm like, oh God, <laughs> another one where I'm like logging back in, you know, like, no, still not like. How many likes have we yeah. got? Oh no. <laughs> so sometimes, so again, that's why it's nice to go the personal route and try to offset that, so I guess that's a con, but but it is great. I've met many friendships through, through social, you know, yeah. and things like this, you know, the fact that your tweet has brought about this podcast I love it. It's great. You know, yeah. it's. Um, I saw the thread and thought, oh, it'd be nice to chat to Dion and do that. Do yeah, that. it's funny actually because um, when I was sort of going through my business plan, um, I sort of had to think about, you know, what where do I want to be in a year? Where do I want to be in five years? And I just started to come up with some arbitrary sort of markers of what would mean that I was semi-successful in a year and then what would mean I was successful in five years. And I was like, in a year, oh, it'd be good to be a be a guest on on a storm. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And that was only about two weeks before. Fantastic! There you go. <laughs> there you go again, and it goes back to just having sometimes having a go and seeing. Some people are scared to do that, thinking, "Oh, I'm not there yet. Oh, no, why would anyone want me?" But that's it, that's it, the other thing. You actually, don't know. Yeah, is this thing of um, perfectionism? Like a lot of like, and I I suffered from this for such a long time before. Like I would think like, oh, uh, well, I'm not quite ready to email. Like, you know, I'd have, like, my sort of dream clients and I'd be like, oh, I'm not quite ready to email them yet because my portfolio isn't quite up to scratch and, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not quite right yet and this isn't quite right and that's not quite right. But it's like, if you're you're doing a semi-decent job, then it's never going to be quite right because you're always going to be getting better. So just do it. Like, just get with it. it. Just send stuff. Like, just, like, I think be less precious and don't be too perfectionist about it because otherwise you're just... And on on the and owning the imperfections is really big too. Yeah. And uh, and I think of when we were talking about print costs earlier, um, sometimes in in earlier years when I maybe couldn't afford to do quite a brochure or whatever it was I would like to have done, the very fact that my work is imperfect and it's it, it plays on the doodles and the human hand. It's like yeah. what, I would, the what I would do is like write a, mm-hmm. you know get a, a nice piece of paper or whatever, hand write a message include a little illustration postcard in there, but then draw all over the envelope, make it feel like someone's messy handwriting. And, and actually, that's quite cheap to do. You know, you can um, you can turn that off and play to the fact it's quite cost-effective to do yeah, it. And, yeah. you know, and, do it. and I'm doing it at the minute. I've done this 10-year ten, ten brochure, and I commissioned my wife, who's a good graphic designer, to do this sort of layout of it, and I picked 10 projects. But I left the front and the back blank Therefore, on each one, I'm doing like a Roman numeral 10, each one done in paint, so it's bespoke per oh, person. Cool. And then on the back, writing a personal message to that art director yeah. and, and sending it. And, and I just feel like that's the clincher that will make sure it doesn't get binned yeah. <laughs> because it's for them and it's handwritten, so it's an original. It's that's got, such a good you idea. You can see the paint stroke, it's there, you can touch it, you know. It's like, and we all like that in industry, we all like a geeky detail, like foiling or something like that. Yeah, so I love that, just, that's such a good solution. It's a good solution to like this thing as well, I was trying to think like, when I'm sending stuff out, I'm like, oh, well, 
you know, I want some kind of message in it. Like, do I type up a letter? Do I... And I was like, oh, I'll do like a handwritten thing, but then I feel like it's really messy. I don't know, that's a really good solution to that. It's like just, it's become part of the thing itself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. play into those strengths again and, and like the perfections. Yeah. And then there's there's one one area that I wanted to touch upon, which I think is fun, and it's the more, the more sort of cheeky, like going, maybe going a little bit beyond where you should. And again, this isn't for everyone, but I know people who love just kind of try to get behind enemy lines almost so I had a, I just wanted to share a studio with Danny Ellis and he would call up receptionists at like um, publishing houses and magazines and he would put on this really urgent voice and kind yeah. of go oh hi like, I just uh, I'm chatting to such and such about an illustration I'm really hurried about with the art director <laughs> saying the art director from such and such um, and I need to get this illustration through so technically he wasn't lying he did need to get his illustration through to the art director if he was called out but they go Instead of going, well, we can't actually give that out over the phone. Like, you know, you'll need to find out. Yeah, they, they would panic. They would go, yeah, yeah we'll put you through and put him straight through. And then he'd be like, hey, how's it going? I just wanted to know if I could. And it worked for him. And I, but then he's such a cheeky little ass that I was like, oh, I love that about you. And that's just him. That's his personality, you know? Yeah. So I again, would... it, again, it's working on what works for you. I would just end up blowing something completely ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, it's an emergency. <laughs> that would be quite funny. Yeah, I have a lot of admiration for people who can do that. Yeah, that's it. And, um, and then, like, I mean, there's on a previous episode with Rod Hunt, but I used to share a studio in the same corridor as Rod in East London. And Rod's great, he's always very forthcoming with advice. He used to be chairman at the AOI, and he was saying how he invests X amount of percentage of his earnings every year in print promotion, does a new yeah. brochure, and, and, you know, kind of regimentally sends that out. So, and he'll always get, you know, make a profit from it kind of thing. So, it, again, it takes time to earn enough to spare that money. But once you're there, I think it's... I think investment is really important too. It's yeah. worth investing in that extra bit, like I said, foiling perhaps or embossing, debossing. Whatever your thing is, I think it's really, those little touches can make all the difference. Yeah, I think that's the other key about when, once you're writing a business plan, you have to sit down, you have to budget, you know, and you have to think about how much, how much money, what are my overheads, how much money do I need to earn to make this amount, blah, blah, blah. And once you actually sit down and do that, you're sort of, you, you end up, you know, you sort of go, okay, promotion, how much money do I put aside for promotion? And once you've decided that that's how much you're putting aside, at least for the next couple of months, then you feel less bad about spending it because, yeah. especially, you know, when you're freelancing, you're not sure where your next paycheck's coming from, you're a bit like, oh, I don't want to spend too much. Like, and you feel yeah. like guilty about it and yeah. you're not really sure if you if anything's going to come of it and you're like, am I just being self-indulgent? Should I just send an email? I don't know. Like, but once you set aside that money in your budget... And once you've sort of gone, this is how much I spend on that, then, I don't know, it just makes it a lot easier and it makes yeah. it a bit more regimented and it makes it all make a bit more sense. And especially if you're keeping track of it and then you can keep track of where those clients came from and how much they paid you. And then you do see, like, oh, you know, I made that money back, so it's fine. Yeah, it's really satisfying, actually, yeah. That when, you know, when you see a comeback on something like that yeah. and you go, oh, my God, yeah, shit, so I invested 100 quid, but I got 150 quid commission brilliant like you know what can I do with that 50 quid then to reinvest it it's, yeah. it's quite satisfying doing that and seeing the progress and I think you're right again it's just bracketing and making it seem less intimidating it's just you know that classic thing where you get paid and you put X amount straight into a direct debit into a joint account with a partner for example yeah. and you forget it's even going in so you don't miss it in the day to day account but yeah. it's there and it's like you know I'd Maybe that's I should probably do that myself. Come to think of it, you know, whenever, whenever you put that whatever percent tax away, when you get hopefully when you get paid when you get paid off a job, yeah. why not why not make it 
23% instead of 20%. So yeah. hopefully you won't necessarily notice it when you get paid, but then it's building and suddenly you've got a nice little budget for, uh, for, for, for marketing. Yeah. Maybe it makes you feel a bit more like a business, you know, that makes you feel yeah, gal- galvanised. I found that, like, recently, like, even, well, I had no clients and I went to the bank and opened up a business account and I was just like, ooh, <laughs> business. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's true, you know. It really, it just helps, it helps your confidence, it helps your it, it state does. of mind. It could be a title, it could be, you know, calling yourself, I don't know, well, actually, from collaborating with Dirty Freud, an electronic musician who's one of my best friends, he doesn't, he won't call me illustrator or art director, he calls me his ink wizard, because it fits with his, <laughs> like, his, his cool electro, like, quite futuristic sound, so it works better for him to go, my ink wizard's delivered again, or whatever, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm into that, so I might yeah. do a business card with ink wizard on it, and, you know, whatever, again, whatever it takes to kind of stand out or be different, or even just making you feel better, yeah. so, like, in the book, um, I, you know, I said about, like, this really sad thing of drawing parallels to wrestlers, and going, I think I'm at a level of where that wrestler was when they won that championship and it's like a really sad thing but people do it and it's really healthy and I met a guy in the studios when I was in London who was a James Bond fanatic and he was really he said he was like the classic artist he would be rubbish with deadlines so to get his arse in gear he would have like a countdown clock as if it were a bomb in a James Bond film oh amazing <laughs> and, and you know like Alice genius I love that so whatever it takes to make it work for you I think is uh yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, if you can make it a bit more fun as well, like, I mean, obviously, illustrating is pretty fun anyway, but there's a lot of stuff that goes with that's really not fun, and if you can make it fun, then then do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it definitely, definitely helps on a day-to-day basis. Where are you at in terms of numbers? So you mentioned about, like, database. I, I always find this is important in terms of do you hit a blanket mail of a thousand people, or do you take the time to really build relationships with ten people? Like, where, where are you at with that? Um, somewhere in between, I guess. So, like, I've gone and got, um, the, the AOI do really good, uh, like, little booklets, I can't really remember what, what's the word? What's directories. The directories, yeah, yeah, the directories. They're really good. Um, so I went and, I went and bought those because, honestly, like, if you were to do that research yourself, it would just take weeks and weeks and weeks. It's crazy. So... I bought those, um, I've only really looked at the editorial side of things so far, so I've got, gone through and made sure, like, made 100% sure that my work is, like, not completely unsuitable to them, like, because a lot of places it will just be completely unsuitable, like, there's some, you know, like, some places only commission medical illustration, you know, they're not going to want to talk to me, and I don't want to waste their time, I don't want to waste my time, so it's worth going through, because it takes a little bit of time to research, but you only have to do it once. Yeah, and then you know that publication is going to work for you so go through make a list of all the ones that I can contact and then basically I've made sort of a hierarchy of like so half of it is people who I really really want to work for and the other half is people who would be great to work for but are not quite the sort of dream clients either just because the content isn't that exciting or you know like I don't know there's always going to be a bit some stuff you know Mm that's a slightly less interesting to you personally. So so there's there's a top list and I'm focusing on the top list to start with and making sure that uh, all the printed stuff definitely goes to the top list because I can't necessarily afford to send out 500 yes. things. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if I have a bit left over at the end, then I'll, you know, choose some others, but definitely working my way from the sort of dream client's down which maybe is a bit optimistic but I think 
when you're on a limited budget, I think it's worth doing it that way around. Yeah. And definitely not send in blank emails, I think. Like, the only times I've had actual work from emails um, has been from sending, like, personalised emails, like, addressing people by name, like, maybe mentioning the publication and why you want to work for them and why you think your work will, will suit it. Great advice. Like, definitely, like, yeah, I, I can't imagine, like, why would you even click on something that's just like a blanket email that just goes straight into junk half the time anyway but yeah that's a really good bit of advice there actually yeah. it's the really the real i wrote a column on this once for design week about the basics and and the importance of getting them right and just being polite and, and you know knowing the person's name yeah. it, it makes such a difference it's the only time i've ever not responded to emails from like students wanting advice and it's only a recent thing and I think I did go back and reply and things. I felt guilty, but <laughs> <laughs> but it they didn't even address me. It wasn't the fact that you know some will just go hi, and immediately I think spam. I'm just like, well, no. If you didn't take the time to, even if I'm on a big group email, that's fine. But yeah. just at least make it work so that it uses my name. You know, like yeah. it's that's an imp- another it's aspect though. I think of of not, you know, and it seems so basic. You know, of course you'd think that most people know how to write an email, but people don't necessarily know no, how to write an email. Don't. Like, I think there should be at least an option for basic business classes at, at, at art school, you know? Like, of course you can Google it, like... But, yeah. I don't know, I just think it would be nice if schools gave you a bit of a heads-up on that kind of thing, like... Very true. I think I definitely learned the hard way with... When I first started sending emails, I was like, oh, well, I can just send the same emails to everyone, it'd be fine. Yeah. Um, so I got absolutely no responses to those, so I thought, oh, okay, maybe... Yeah. Maybe I should. I got back to one lad who emailed me from an A-level... And the only reason I got back to him, and maybe this is wrong, but it was because his stuff was brilliant. Like, you know, for his age, he was up there. He was, he was at a professional level, and I was like, how are you that good at 15 or 16, whatever he was? So I got back and I told him that. I said, like, I, I, I said like, I'm not being, this isn't my ego speaking, because I'll get back to anyone and to help them, because I love creativity in this industry. But um, the only reason I've got back to you now is because your stuff's great. I almost didn't because you didn't use my name and you didn't write proper email that's going to that's going to cost you in in the long run that's going to you know undermine your ability yeah. even though I've got back to you because your stuff's really good it's it still kind of took you down from 100% to 80% so to speak yeah so don't give yourself that handicap take the time even if you have to like you say go to a class go on a course don't be embarrassed well, there's a reason we're good at this visual stuff it's, and it often comes because we're not that great at the academic stuff so that's yeah. fine we're all you know we all struggle with that to a degree but to get that right is really going to help you in the long run when it comes to marketing a business. Yeah, massively. Yeah. And definitely, like, also a thing that I've been doing, which, I don't know, a lot of people when they talk about this, they sort of, like, social media stalking kind of thing. I don't think it's stalking. Um, I'd hope it's not stalking. Um, it's, like, going through and just making sure that everyone still works where you think they work. Like, if you've got an old copy of a magazine or if you've got an old directory from the AI, which I think mine's not the most recent one, um, is go through and just go on LinkedIn and look up their name, like... And the other side to that is, like, if you have a decent LinkedIn page and you keep updating it, then they'll see your work through that as well as whatever email you send them. Yes. And, like, what I try and do is if I... Because because LinkedIn tells people when you've looked at their profile, which can be helpful, but can also be a bit creepy, um, <laughs> <laughs> is I try and sort of, if I'm going to do that anyway, and they're going to see that I've looked at it, rather than just be like hovering there and just looking at it, is then also send them a message on LinkedIn. Yeah. And just be like, hi, I've sent you an email. Um, 
like feel free to connect and check out my work and yeah and, and then they'll get a double yeah. they'll get a double hit then they'll get the notification yeah, exactly. that you've uh, you've had a peak but then also you'll get the follow-up and it's like oh well that's why they will king that's a good idea yeah yeah because linkedin like a lot of illustrators i know just um really dismiss linkedin and sort of like you know i've never got any work out of it but i'm not necessarily looking at it as something to get work out of but i'm definitely using it as a tool to check that everyone works in the right place and yeah. then if that person has moved jobs then you can it's quite actually hard to use sometimes but you can find out who's replaced them with a little bit of searching yeah so so that's really helpful for that and the thing is people are on linkedin to be found you know you're, that's the thing you said there about this you know creepy i don't necessarily think it is it obviously depends what you're doing with it but if you're just looking to see who they are where they work and they're not you know let's say where illustrators they're at directors that's making both parties life easier and, yeah, and exactly. yeah, helping to, to get that together so that's why it's there in the first place which is fine and also you said a really important thing there about um the telling someone why you want to work with them that's that's good that's important you know instead of just going blanket to all hey my name is such such I'm an illustrator um check out my stuff bye it's like why not just add that extra line of going love what you do think there could be some scope for us to work together because Again, it just shows that little bit of attention to detail, a little bit of care about respect for their product, and yeah, exactly. Or, or even many times, I've suggested specific things. I've gone, "Have you ever thought about a feature on, no, 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 or doing a regular thing here?" And, that, and that's got me like regular positions in the past, just from yeah. just going. I had this idea, you know, I go to the Guardian and going, "I've been doing this reportage project. How about we do this together?" And most times they'll be like, "Well, not right now," or but sometimes they'll go. Not exactly, but actually, I do know such and such in another department who, and they're thinking about doing this. I recommend you, and, and things happen like that. You know, just put just put yeah, in specific you just get ideas. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, because that's that's another thing that is all related to confidence, isn't it? Is having the confidence yes. to email someone and be like, "I've got an idea," right? Because and and not feeling like you're just being really cocky and speaking out of place. Yeah. Like trusting that you actually do know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you know, don't go beyond that circle of competence of your knowledge and things, you know. It's like, yeah. if you stick to that, you won't come across it. How about putting this on the front cover? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. That added pressure and stuff, yeah. My word. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, there's, there's agents. Have you thought about have you thought about agency representation? Uh. Yeah, so I I remember applying to quite a few when I was fresh out of uni and uh, a lot just never applied. I got a couple, I can't remember who it was now, but a couple actually were nice enough to get back and give me some feedback. And the general feedback I got was just, you need more, you need more work. Yeah. Um, so I've, for the last few years, I haven't, um, I haven't applied to any. And I've just been kind of doing my own thing. Um, I don't think I'm too bothered about for me personally, I don't think I need that right now. I say that I did I did send out an application yesterday because I saw an agency that I really like was looking for new artists. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not putting all my money in finding an agent agent. I don't think it's I don't think it's a hundred percent necessary. No. Um yeah, I don't know, maybe it makes your life a bit easier. I'm not Again, really sure. for some it's great, like it's uh, for others not so much. But also the timing, I mean um I saw, I think it was Jonathan from Debut Art, he was, we were both speaking at Sheffield Hallam University not too long back, back end of last year, and that was great to hear him talk and, and listen to the way they saw things, yeah. and I think a lot of agencies would agree with what he said when he said that we don't really want to take anyone on 
straight out of uni or too early in their career. And it's not that they're not good enough or not ready yet. It's more that we want to see people develop confidence in what they, who they are, what their work represents, yeah. and become comfortable with their own business and be in a position where they're ready to be represented. Because it's not, it's never going to be the case that you get an agent and then everything's rosy. It's yeah. like all agents will want you to meet them halfway and come, you know market yourself build your own portfolio come up with your own ideas and it gives them stuff to work with so it's, it's always a two-way relationship yeah. so if someone's sort of waiting to be molded just after union they haven't yet quite found their style or their what they want to represent it, that's not a good time to be represented so they like people to be out in the industry and fighting for themselves a bit before they'll represent them yeah have you found having representations helped you get clients that you don't normally have access to yeah yeah, very much so, particularly overseas clients. Okay. Um, you know, they're, they're, my agency, rep, they have offices in a lot of countries, so I get a lot of work from Germany and from the US, which I might not have outreach to off yeah. my own back just yet, um, which is great, you know, and there's obviously the big perks of they'll negotiate fees that I wouldn't dare ask for and things like that, so that's great. Same time, I always do my own stuff because it's good, you know, to be able to go back to them and go, I've generated this query would you mind pricing it for me and then we both get something out of that so that's yeah. that's really cool too but when I got taken on I, I look back at that portfolio and think my god this is you know a shadow of what it is now but they obviously saw an aesthetic in that and the confidence across the work that they wanted to work with so that worked well but but it's not essential not, you know no. I know some people who've been represented and have really bad experiences so again it's individual yeah I think it's not I think when, when you first come out of uni, it's this sort of, you're kind of looking for validation. Yeah. And I think that having an agent would, would give you that validation. But actually, since since I sort of had that little string of rejections, I just thought, okay, well, just, you know, I'll just do it myself. For now, like, I got some good feedback. I sort of tried to take that on board and then just went from there. And to be honest, I haven't really, haven't really thought about it since. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, maybe in the future, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, again, there's, like, pros and cons to it. Yeah. Very much so, and again, it's relationships. I have a great relationship with my agency. They were the ones to suggest this podcast, which I hadn't thought about. But I'd gone to them after the book and said, look, I really like this writing, this media side of things. Like, and I see you guys are starting a news platform of the, the website. Yeah. How about I be like the, the journalist and I'll go and interview the other artists? And they were like, we don't necessarily think that there's room for that or you need to do that. But it was Harry, the MD, said, I love my podcasts and you seem to like talking about this stuff, you know, how about it? And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But my point being that they're, they're really sympathetic to the fact that we're all artists and we all need to do other things. And I've worried that when I was doing the writing, the podcasting, that they were going to turn around and go, hang on a minute, you know, that's not making us money. That's yeah, not you being illustration. Quite the contrary. They're, they're very mindful of the fact that if we're happy and we're creative in the big picture, that it's likely to reflect in the illustration side of things. And, and it, I feel it has done. I feel that the things I've learned from the people I've talked to on this have really benefited my own artistic style. Yeah, definitely. And in the long run, that's going to generate more work for all of us, so it's good. And yeah. That's why I really like those guys, because they're, we, we, you know, I feel like I'm a part of it in a, in a big way. Yeah. I'm not just like waiting for them to bring me work. They'll, we'll get on the phone and talk about how things are, which is cool. Yeah, I think it's also like this thing about like sort of forming connections. I think it's quite important to not just, um, not just sort of be within your own little industry, like not just like, you know, even on this podcast, you have like musicians and DJs and designers and photographers mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, I think it's really important to like try and step out of that because you'll get, a, a, you'll get a lot more like fresh ideas and inspiration and B, you'll like make these contacts that you wouldn't normally like. Yeah. You'll get a lot more collaborative work out of it. 
Yeah. And I think just, it's just more it's just a more fulfilling life really. <laughs> it actually it actually is and, and creativity is never restricted to a discipline and the biggest lessons often come from outside of your car, you know, yeah. it's like comedians, I love talking to comedians and, and all kinds of interesting people. That's why I do love you're right, oh, that's why I try and broaden this. Even if sometimes it comes at the compromise of my listening figures, you know, because a lot of illustrators want to just hear from illustrators or art directors, whereas I'll go away and have like a curator at a museum on the show because I know that they're going to bring all these fresh ideas and yeah. hopefully you can learn from that. So you're right, it's good to get outside of that. Yeah, definitely. I think, to be honest, like some of the most, like, I listen to a lot of podcasts, as I'm sure a lot of illustrators do while, you, while you're drawing, and I think I tend to mix it up. You know, I'll listen to some, some design podcasts, some illustration ones, this one. I'll listen to, like, probably most, most of what I listen to is, like, comedy because it's just nice to sit and laugh all day it is, it is. Um, but yeah like just it's just so nice to, to to broaden your horizons a little bit like different types of music like I find the worst thing to do if you're stuck for ideas is to look at other illustrators because it's just really like you just end up not doing anything because yeah. you're so overwhelmed with all this amazing talent and you're like well it's like everything's already been done and everyone's better than you so what's the point <laughs> yeah so like the best, I think the best thing to do is to look outside of that. Like um, the best moment I had recently was when I went to the Annie Albers exhibition at Tate Modern, um, and that was just it was one of the best exhibitions I've seen for years. And it's and it's none of the work is anything like mine, but I got all these great ideas for illustrations, and it and it helped me to start. Um, I started like having only done digital illustrations for months and months now. I just I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna scan a load of fabric and put that in or you know I'm just gonna do some things with thread and then scan that and put it in and it just completely like refreshed my the way that I work yeah which was really nice like just taking that step away from your industry and and having a go at something else is really nice yeah it is it is actually and and to talk weirdly link that back to to self-promotion what I would say is that it took me a long time to realize the benefit of just having some downtime without putting anything on it yeah. Well, so you mentioned that I, I, start, I went through a phase of doing that when I was still living in London thinking you know what screw it I don't have any deadlines I'm, instead of sitting here banging my head against the wall because I'm not, I don't feel like marketing today I'm going to just go to the P&A or Tate Modern or whatever it was or to go and see go and catch a film without thinking I'm doing that because I might get something out of it it's like no I'm just going to do that and enjoy that experience yeah. and what, you find, what I find is you know yeah, that's the way the brain works it's like you put that stuff in your head and when it when it finally emerges you might not recognise it for how it went in because it's going to come out as yours mm-hmm. it goes through that filtering process and it becomes yours then so that, you know you then eventually apply these things in a weird way to what you're doing and it just enriches the mind to, yeah. to, to broaden the things you're taking in and uh, it's very easy to, to feel guilty and sit there thinking well I've got a market all day long because I've got no work coming in and shit no you know I can't spend that bus fare to go and see a show <laughs> but actually the worst thing you can do sometimes is continue along the same loop yeah. and like you say you know, going on Pinterest and everyone's looking at the same reference points. It's like that's how you end up falling into the trap of trends and similar style to yeah. someone else. Whereas, God, that revelation might come from somewhere so far out, and that's a beautiful thing, you know. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think the thing as well is like with self promotion, like quite often you can sort of sit and be like, oh, I need to do self promotion, or you know, t- today I'm just going to email people. But actually, sometimes, sometimes the promotion is just a part of what you're already doing like it's either it's just a part of the way you're working so say you 
I don't know, say you hear a new song that you really like by some band and you're like, oh, I just love this song. And then you want to do an illustration inspired by that song. And then you can use that. You can put that up on, on social media and be like, oh, this is inspired by this band. And then, you know, maybe they'll retweet it or, you know, yeah. like everything can be self-promotion if you, it actually if you is. go about it. And that how way. do you know that that dream art director you want to work with isn't also a fan of that band and exactly, that was the yeah. only way you could access them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly. Actually, what? I mean, but my dream client... Uh, happened because of that because because he and I were both from the north of England I didn't know that I called up New York expecting an American art director yeah he was in Bolton and I was living in Manchester <laughs> immediately my first thing I said I went where are you from you're not from New York and he laughed and went why do you think of him and I went that's a Lancashire accent I know that accent. and he laughed and went yeah Bolton straight away we had we'd gone several layers behind the immediate professional relationship yeah exactly. and then it turns out both of our football teams were rubbish and it was giving us a lot of pain and yeah. if, you know before we knew it we were messaging each other on whatsapp at the weekend when our, when our teams invariably lost and it's like god i couldn't have ever preconceived that happening but it yeah. happened because you know i reached out to him and we had a chat and find out these little things and you know then then it keeps going on he's a happy mondays fan I, you know, we're, we're, I've, I like that music too and it's like yeah so by doing that stuff and, and kind of sharing it in a way that, that is relevant to your work you'd be surprised at how dots can open yeah exactly yeah. yeah it can all tie in really like even sort of you know networking personal life like you know even if you're just going out to the pub with some mates or you're going to see a band you know you never know who your friends or friends are going to be there might be someone useful you know so I think the point is to like always keep an open mind to that kind of thing yeah and to just keep sort of yeah every now and then just be like oh hang on that could be that could be a thing that could be useful I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what happens yeah there. just just poking things really yeah it's absolutely right and just um, I'm gonna wrap this up things we've been going for ages but it's a good one it's a good one we've covered, <laughs> we've covered a lot and sometimes that's I love it um, but using work to get work as well and I don't mean in terms of like portfolio but do you um, do you sort of run with a job that you're proud of and kind of and use that to show that you were working for other clients do you know um I think I have a little bit in the past but I think at the moment where I'm at is uh the the sort of client work that I've been doing although it's been enjoyable um and, and I've had some pretty good projects I've been doing a lot of sort of publishing uh like mindfulness books that kind of thing um I think I'm, it's not the kind of work that I necessarily want to be doing going forward because it's not as creative as I'd like. It's not quite... Um, yeah, it's just a bit more restrictive. Okay, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm trying quite hard not to get pigeonholed in that. Yeah. So I actually haven't... I mean, A, a lot of the stuff I'm working on, I mean, I can't share right now because it hasn't been published yet. Um, but also yeah I'm just I don't want to just keep doing the same thing so actually all the work that I've been sharing recently has been self-initiated projects but what I am doing is so I don't know just going online and just picking like a Guardian long read article or something and being like oh, I really like what this article's about mm-hmm. I'm going to do an illustration based on that and then posting it and being like this is a self-initiated illustration like you know careful to say this wasn't commissioned by yeah. Guardian but to sort of say like you know I did this illustration it's based on this article by the Guardian and you know, maybe tagging the writer or, like, that kind of thing, like, I think you can sort of, yeah, you can sort of put yourself out there without it necessarily being client work. Of course. Because, yeah, I think I'm, I'm just trying 
trying not to get pigeonholed too yeah. much. <laughs> and initially that's all you have to go on. And, and actually yeah. I got a lot of my best responses when it was all soft initiated because it had such a purity to it because I knew nothing else. What else have you got to rely on at that stage than, than what you're into? Yeah. You know, um, but then like I remember when I got my first guiding commission, it was, again, it's how you frame it. I, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, oh, I sometimes do illustration for the guardian. It was like Ben Talon, Ben Talon, guardian illustrator. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was, I'm going to run this thing into the ground because I worked, I wanted this client for a long time and, and people trust that name, the guardian. So it gives you that, yeah. you know, people far like, and then I, I got this, I got this little flow then straight after that. It was like, I got about three people that were on the fence, just jumped in and commissioned me when I said I'd done some stuff for the guardian was like, yes, like yeah. it's working, you know? So I think if there is something you're proud of, be it personal or commissioned, run with that and yeah, uh, really use it to great effect and think laterally about it too yeah yeah I think it gives you that extra sort of credibility as well the sort of client work that's I think that's the thing that I've been trying to sort of figure out is is to what extent do I want to push the fact that I do have a bit of experience and to what extent do I just want to go this is the kind of thing that I actually want to be doing yeah um so I think maybe finding a balance with that because I think credibility is sort of a thing that you know especially you know there's millions of amazing illustrators out there and then how how do you choose which one you know do you choose the one that's been working for the guardian for 10 years or do you choose the one who's just got a load of stuff that they've done off their own back like i don't know on the one hand that could just show that you're really motivated but on the other hand it could just be like oh she doesn't have any experience so yeah they they can both work both ways and, and also what i think is great you know if you're an art director there's going to be a certain portion of art directors who are not bothered about commissioning a, a Ralph Steadman or a, just just to pick, you know, I don't know, just to pick people that have been in the game a long time, as an yeah. example. But because everyone's done it and it's out there and everyone knows it, some art directors are going to want to get that next best thing or like somebody who's fresh and think they can be quite proud as an art director of doing this beautiful spread with this new illustrator that no one's heard of. There's yeah. a badge of honour in that as well. So actually, you know, just because you're new doesn't mean you're going to be, um, yeah, you know. Um, overlooked for the for the experience one and also they're going to be a lot more expensive than you so that can work in your favour you know? yeah yeah it's there's like, that too <laughs> you know if someone's got that much work they're going to just go two grand for you know for ten minutes work because <laughs> they can and they don't have to worry about losing the work whereas it doesn't mean you have to undercharge but it does mean that you'll be a bit more affordable yeah you know, definitely sometimes I definitely used to benefit from that I was doing commissions for 150, 200 quid that more experienced illustrators wouldn't have needed to or dreamed of doing it for that amount so that can yeah. be an advantage as well yeah for sure Oof, we covered a lot there <laughs> but that was good I think I feel like we've got a nice rounded um, look at it all well I'm going to ask you the shark in the tank question and to, to wrap it up for a love and a hit about your creativity um, as ever broad broad question up to you. <laughs> so, like you know I've listened to the podcast and I actually had a little think about it I just couldn't really come up with anything <laughs> I think I think love is definitely like what we touched on earlier of like how welcoming and how kind and how just nice the whole illustration community is like and you know a lot of my interaction with it is just online um but even just sort of going to like meetups like Yoilo or like going to exhibitions like you know and you like everyone's just so lovely and it really feels like a community where you can sort of come in and you can sort of claim your spot and be like this is what I do and yeah. everyone's really open to it and everyone's really interested and, and it's great. Um, so that's, yeah, that's definitely a love about it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about hate. I think maybe hate's a strong word. Um, 
I think maybe a thing that I struggle with and that I dislike is the tendency for people, uh, which I don't know if this is increasing or I don't know if it's always always been quite a prevalent thing, is, is the tendency for commissioners to try and take advantage of illustrators, especially the younger ones and less experienced ones, by trying to, you know, get free work or underpay or, mm-hmm. like, Competition copyright, copyright grabs, yeah, competition briefs, yeah. that kind of thing, like, and that's really frustrating when, when you get emails of people saying like, oh, you know, let's do this project, and you get really excited about it, and then they're like, and then you're like, oh, what's 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 the budget? Oh, there's there's no budget. Yeah, it's like, great. Oh, you just wasted a couple of hours of my life while we've been emailing. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that's what I hate about it because it's really hard to maintain yeah it's that it's that perception of our industry as something that's done for fun or, or because you know yeah. we're, we're, fuck off I, you know, you know, <laughs> but yeah no you're right you're right I, i'm not sure either whether it's getting more prevalent or whether we're just aware of it more because of social media but yeah. it's always been an issue yeah. much like that perception of some you know parents why would you want to go and do that degree to earn money in that it's like yeah. it's just that undermining of creativity when it's so fundamental to like to human beings really yeah definitely yeah I mean especially like it's, you know it's one of the biggest industries in the UK like people yeah to it's hard to ignore now, recognize but, you know, that, in yeah. today's world how important it is yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so I think that's the only negative I can think of really. yeah it's a good answer and it's true and I'm sure a lot will be on board with that well thank you very much for your time and lastly where can people see your work and get in touch uh, yeah so I'm online dionkitchen.co.uk uh, I'm on Twitter at Dion Kitching. I'm on Instagram at Dion Kitching. Uh, not on Facebook, but you can find me everywhere else. Brilliant. Yeah. Lovely. Cheers. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you so much to Dion Kitchen for taking the time to join me on the self promotion episode. Hope you enjoyed it, guys. What do you think? Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of blowback from this one. I want some comments. I want your opinions. I want your experiences. I know everyone's got some. Uh, stories good and bad of explorations and adventures in promoting what we do as creative professionals it's not easy it's always challenging with you know there's a story that i tell i think i wrote in my book and i think uh, we even mentioned it on this episode but i'll never forget the the crest falling feeling that i got when i called up roger browning who was the art director or design director moreover at the guardian at the time and i went hi roger it's uh ben talent illustrator if you've got you've got a second to genuine oh no sorry i don't have a second bye bye put the phone down and i was just sat there in this in this oh my god like the weight of the world silence and felt like crying and, and it was like oh wow okay shit that was pretty harsh and it really wasn't it was just a man working at a newspaper under immense pressure who had to be honest if he was to get any work done and and like I mentioned called him back a few days later and and got all galvanized and righteous and thought oh no no I'm not having that I'm not having it so I'm ragging back and I'm so glad that I did because he went yeah cool uh love your stuff when you got time for coffee and and off the back of that I booked this whole week in London living above a pub in a hostel like seven quid a night going around having the best time with my portfolio um just seeing people meeting people planting seeds and that those early relationships were absolutely critical for the reason i was able to go full-time freelance and why i've been doing this 10 years you know so i would implore you all to do the same and to fight hard and make it happen um because you know it, it happens i just think it's difficult and it goes against our nature of being artistically inclined people um 
go back and have a look at the whole thread that Dion kicked off by asking a question on Twitter. I'm going to post the links on the desktop version of the SoundCloud episode. I will also share it on social media. I think I already did. If you just go back through the Ben Talon, at Ben Talon and at Arrestal Mimics profiles. Um, there's a few highlights here from the question, which was, um, you know, what are people's favourite methods of getting in touch with art directors? Do you use the phone? How do you go about it? What, what are your experiences? And um, at Kat Finney, C-A-T-F-I-N-N-I-E, she said, I've never called anyone, mainly because the idea of cold calling people freaks me out. I send emails and once I sent postcards, both with some results. I also go to a bunch of networking meetups on the off chance that it hooks me up with a job one day. Uh, good approach. Again, if if the phone call is, is intimidating for you and it's not for you, then I can see why it is the Antichrist, because it is pretty scary. When I was calling people back then, I used to have to really steal myself and sit there, and sometimes I'd pick up the phone, put it down, pick up the phone, put it down before I could even dial a number. And even when I did, the minute it starts ringing, my heart is pounding out of my mouth. And when they pick up the phone, that's when the fun starts, because you've got a Yorkshire accent like Dion and I discussed with um, what was invariably either you know, an American accent or a Southern accent for the most part, and my God, I felt so out of my depth. But those phone calls did go somewhere. They did kind of work for me in a sense. I had to support it with email and personal visits, but it did help. Um, at Matt Roth, Matt with one T, R-O-F-F, I email. Phone calls are a little bit over-familiar for me personally. I know a few people send work examples on postcards, but that was just a waste of money because I never heard back. If you land work in a publication, use that to s- secure more work. It usually leads to replies. Um, again, agreed with Matt there. I, when I got The Guardian as a client, I... Ran it into the ground. Um, I really did abuse that because it was a you know it was a big name, known client. Same with the big issue when I got that one. Um, really important stuff. Postcard thing, maybe, maybe not. Not sure. I entirely agree with Matt on that one. I, I get the sentiment because it is quite a disposable medium. That's why I personally chose to stump up some money to commission my wife Laura, who's a wicked graphic designer, to do an actual promo book and personalise and number the books, like I mentioned again with Dion, because then it suddenly becomes something you want to keep. It's a book that someone's put together, so you're less likely to you know, lose it in a pile of work or put it in the recycling bin or, or even worse, the bin. <laughs> um, but, you know, there you have it, at Emma Block, E-M-M-A-B-L-O-C-K, who's been on the show as part of the uh, live... live London, God, my head's gone here. Uh, Lil, anyway, Live Illustration London. There there we go, got there in the end. Uh, Emma says, I would never call anyone out of the blue. People are busy, it's much better to send an email and then they can deal with that when they have the time. Yes and no, again, I get the sentiment. I don't do it as much as I used to. I would use Danny Allison's example that he told me when I was sharing a studio with him and he'd been illustrating two years longer than me. He said, um, email once, call them up to follow up because you've got a reason to call them to ask if they got the email and then email again to thank them and then you've got three hits far more likely to be remembered so again that's a different one different personality types um alex kirby at mr underscore kirby with a k sorry to interrupt as a designer who sometimes commissions for book covers i personally prefer a simple email with a link to a site followed by updates every now and again i do try to reply to all inquiries but some do sadly slip through the net um, again, to Alex's point, I would say a quick phone call might not be the most ideal thing, but sometimes it serves as a good reminder. Uh, what else have we got? What else have we got? At Harry E. Woodgate. I'm currently having an email day right now. It's not often that I get replies straight away, but usually if you follow up a couple of months later, they'll reply if they like your work. Definitely got most of my work from speaking to people face-to-face, however, or at design fairs. There you go, design fairs. There's one I missed off of the list at the top of the show. Um, get into events, print shows, um, Crafty Fox in London, awesome event. 
once again, you, you know, you're a captive audience. Get to these things. Make the effort. It's really, really worth it. Um, we got Sen and Lee, or Sen and Lee, at S-E-N-A-N-L-E-E. Don't necessarily need an agent. You need relationships. That's very true. Uh, could literally turn up with a tray of brownies in any creative department in London and show people your work, give postcards of your prints out, etc. Find out who the art buyers are. Um, or PA to the executive creative director is and ring until you get in. Um, don't fear the phone. So, yeah, that's from... Ca- Sorry, that's Carrie O'Lone uh, at Tweeting Finger. Good handle. It says don't fear the phone. Um, yeah, you know, it's again, everyone's got a contradiction or a different story, and I think that's why it's really important to consider, like everything else in this weird amorph- amorphous industry, it's uh, just good to apply your circumstances and personality before taking any of this stuff on board. Because it, you know, it changes between each person. Um, ben, the illustrator, who's a regular kind of person, you know, is very supportive of this industry. Does the uh, illustrator survey on the annual things? So go and check out his stuff. Ben at Ben Illustrator. Um, he came up with a good point again. He said, he said, he said, I'd take a look. I'd take a book of yours, Matt. Um, in response to Matt Roth, he said, I've always done the emailers, maybe once or twice a year. Also had some success with A5 size postcards in the olden days. Art directors kept them. Nowadays, they might share them on socials, which is bonus because they're telling other art directors about you too. That's a very good point, and I've had personal experience of the sharing thing. He said, one of the luckiest things I had was sending a handful of leftover calendars out to art directors. Agency art buyers and top creative directors, which they hung in their offices and were seen by the creative teams all damned year. Great point. Functionality. Dion hit up on that on this episode. He said about 300 years ago, I had a small animation slash design studio in London and we get people sending cards, etc. Then one day we got a a cushion from a screen printer slash designer. It had an awesome illo of his face and some very nice type saying, check out my work and then sleep on it. Genius. Absolute genius. He said, I have a vague memory that we sent photos to digital slash computer arts to get something and it got featured. Um, And he did get some good promo. So there you go again. Um, I'm not going to go on much longer because the whole thread is up there on the social. So go and have a read at your own leisure thank you for listening thank you for your support on the show taking a little break now gonna be back before too long thank you to Dion kitchen thanks to the sponsors illustrationweb.com and the association of illustrators you can find them at the aoi.com cheers have a good week i'll be back very soon i'm not going anywhere i'm on the social media at ben talent at arrests all mimics speak to you soon guys cheers take care